Hello, listening people. Hi. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ron Slawinski. And I'm Bartek K. Do you have to pronounce it with every single letter? Like, like that's, that's how spelled it's spelled out? That's how it's pronounced. It's spelled out. It sounds like how it's spelled out. Excellent. Bartek, we're called Spin Polish. That is Why true. are we called that? You said a truth, and now you're asking for an explanation, and I'll give you one. We are called Spit and Polish because we are allegedly always spitting, and we both happen to be Polish. Yeah, that's, that's correct, you know. I mean, uh, you know, Slinsky, not the most, uh, you know, common English name. It's more Polish. That's, well, more Polish in There's the fact that it, it is Polish. Yeah. And what we do on Unappreciated Masterpieces, for those not in the known, those not in the fan club, we find movies that need to be talked about. Ones that aren't completely forgotten, but ones that aren't completely remembered. These are those films that may have the most below average ratings. Not like, they're not the two and a half star, they're the two star out of five movies. Mm. And we think they need to be a five star rated because the thing about these movies that I find fascinating with any form of art is someone created this. And with a film, it's many people. Someone came up with the idea one day and they were passionate enough to share that idea with a studio. And that studio was passionate enough and interested enough to form that idea into a film and make it and hire actors and directors and costume people and lighting people who all spent hours, days, weeks, months, even maybe years of their lives working on these films. And these films just didn't get the love from the audience. And that's the real tragedy. So roughly just a guess, how many people do you reckon worked on this? 49. So not someone, but some 49. Exactly, 49 brave souls. And 20 of those are represented by Daddy Treo and his tattoos. So, Whoa! Oh, you're getting right, you know, straight into the hints of what it is. I'm obviously saying we're doing Machete Kills, the best Machete movie. Bartek? Yes? I'm hinted at it's a Danny Trejo movie. Trejo. But, but <laughs> what is the unappreciated masterpiece that we are going to be covering? The one that the audience will be listening to. And even if they haven't seen or heard of this movie before, by the end of the episode, they'll be like, that is a great movie. Well, look, audience, we are not doing a machete movie. We are not doing a violent movie, in fact. Oh, we are doing something a little Phew. more wholesome. We are doing Balonove Chłopak. Oh, well. From 2001, Ryan. Oh, well, 2001 was a great year for the world. You know, lots of stuff happened then, you know, big events in the world. Um, the world got bigger, some things got smaller. <laughs> So what's the movie? Because you're speaking Polish. Thing is, we're both Polish, but I don't speak Polish. I mean, why would I? It's not my it's not my expertise. I'm more into the unappreciated masterpieces. Uh, Bartek, what's the unappreciated masterpiece in English called? Well, first of all, I should just mention when I said small, I was talking about the Twin Towers. I don't want anyone to. <laughs> I don't want anyone to, you know, jump to any conclusions. I just want to be very clear. Yeah, yeah. He was talking. No, you were talking about the people. Who, you know, you were, talking, you, were talking, you were talking about the Twin Towers, obviously, as a structural thing, but also <laughs> lives got smaller that Ryan! day. Ryan, what? That is. Very offensive. Did you know my dad's birthday is on uh, September 11th? Happy birthday. Yay, it's not today. I mean, it could be when you're listening to this. Happy birthday, uh, Dad. But what is the movie? Guys, Balanowy means balloon, but the Polish were just silly there. 
because the movie isn't Balloon Boy, it's Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy from the year 2001. That is like the best year for cinema. You know, it had Bubble Boy and it had many others. And this is one of those movies, isn't it, Bartek? But with a movie like this, with one... This is how I like to describe Bubble Boy. Before you even begin, it's one of those movies. Put that on the box. It's one of those movies that requires one of those guests. Bartek, who is that guest for us today? Those that one guest today for us <laughs> is our good friend who I know really, really, really well, but you might not know as well, Ryan. <laughs> Is Sorab Kaikobad. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? I'm still laughing about the Twin Towers joke. I think that was hilarious. You know, you know, joke. Too, it actually happened. Too soon. No, yes, that's true. Too soon. It actually happened. That's too true. soon. Maybe a bit soon. I mean, it's a few months till my dad's birthday. But a few months. If you want to give him a birthday present, Sorab, that's fine. That's I'll I'll, I'll keep that. In but mind. it's no laughing matter. No. He's no. nearly going to be sixty. Wow. I mean, he's not this that's year. That's quite but, a life. But yeah. Yeah. He saw the Twin Towers fall down. He did I mean, see yeah. the Twin Towers fall <laughs> down, yeah. Fun fact about my dad, he's such a tasteful guy. The year after the Twin Towers incident, he made a cake. Well, he made two cakes. Uh, can you, go, can you guess cake. where this is going? He made Were Twin Tower cakes. Okay, he made wow. Twin Tower cakes. I think he was, I can't remember what the age was, but, you know, he was 40-something, and, and, he, and, he, and he stuck the candles on the top of each tower then lit every single candle it looked like they were on fire and he had planes stuck in each cake I've, and jelly babies on the ground and I've, little fire I've, engines and i've never met your father but i love the man he's that a hero amazing did he have like a bunch of side dishes in like titanic shaped bowls no unfortunately not but here we are guys we are all here to view again for us on the panel but for you it could be the first time Oh, the great movie Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy? Yes, it does have the greatest actor of our generation, Swoozy Kurtz. <laughs> I mean, she is fucking great in this movie. And of course, it has some returning veterans on the sh- uh, from previous movies from this show, such as John Carroll Lynch as the father in this, who <laughs> appeared in Catch That Kid. But, guys... And, and Jake He's Gyllenhaal. Great. I like John Carroll. <laughs> oh, and Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. What As was the main Jake character Gyllenhaal? again. When Was he in any movie we've covered on the show? Yeah, the, the Prince of... The... Oh, Prince of Time Persia, yeah. <laughs> oh, Prince of Time Persia. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys... <laughs> He's so dreamy in that movie. I'm not afraid to say fucking, how dreamy he is in that movie. He's fucking great in everything. That, that hair and that chest in the... Oh, man. We see so his chest movie. in this movie. You and if that's enough of a selling point for you, get your legal copy of the... <laughs> <laughs> Bubble Boy ready. They're not hard to find. They're not hard to find. Get your legal copy because you want a legal copy because we want to fund the people who made this. We want to get the money back in their pockets. I want to see Jake Gyllenhaal open up his bank account and see a royalty check for Bubble, Bubble Boy. Boy. And he'll be like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. You know, so Disney really needs that- more money. Disney. Is this a Disney? It's, it's Disney. It's Touchstone Pictures. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So get your Touchstone ready by putting your copy in or on. It depends if you have one that's physical or not. And <laughs> line it up because we're going to do a countdown because this is a audio commentary. So we're going to be commentating this movie. So get it ready and you're going to join us in a countdown. So we're going to go to three, two, one, And when we say play, that's when you press play. Okay, boys and girls and others, get it ready. I'm going to say plot instead. No. Get ready, <laughs> bubble boys and bubble girls, because we're going to start this magnificent piece of cinema in three, three two, two one, one play. play. 
<laughs> we all said plot. So we're two seconds in, just for good measure. And Touchstone pictures. Bartek, did they touch your stone with this movie? Do we make that, do we make that joke every time? <laughs> I really do. <laughs> that and whenever Regency pictures comes on, I make a reference to the fact that David Fincher, the famous film director, hates their logo because oh, it looks yeah. cheap. And I'm Does like, he really? Is that true? Yeah, in the movie Panic Room, he did an audio commentary, and he was like, nah, look, Regency pictures still looks like they're from the 80s. And uh, then he really <laughs> needed to update, and then he did one for Gone Girl. It's like, uh, you know... Regency. No, it's a different one. Okay. He goes, oh, I love, I love their uh, design here for their logo much better than Regency pictures who need the really update. But this isn't, this isn't Regency. This is a baby's penis on screen. I'm which... more disturbed by this nun. Like, what is on <laughs> her head? It's called is a habit. That, is that, oh, that's an actual thing. Oh, excuse my ignorance. Don't that's, you know? Wow, there you go. Have you never seen the movie Trainspotting? Uh... It has the best joke ever, which is their drug dealer is called Mother Superior because the length of his habit. Oh, that's like the great plan okay, words. Okay, that's a good one. Oh, so, I never, I never understood that. Boys, there you go. girls, bubble gentlemen, bubble ladies, get your bubbles ready to be popped because I am going to spill some stinky air into the room. This is a childhood classic of mine. Really? This film I grew up with. My parents saw it on TV and recorded it <laughs> from the TV. So VHS. I didn't. I had an illegal copy of this as a kid, and I know I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of that. Okay. It had the ads and everything. And I watched this probably in my lifetime 30 to 40 times. Wow. Everything about this movie is spot on perfect in my eyes. And I was really shocked to realize that many people had not seen this movie or even heard of it, considering the caliber of performers that are in it and the people behind it, you know. The director got a thanks for his contributions <laughs> to Austin Powers. And Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. And this was... Actually, though, the writer of this movie, which I looked up the other day... Oh, good. He he, he wrote, like, Zootopia and all these great animated movies. Well, he very, really very started off at a great location here, didn't he? Well, he did, he did. Because this is a film that appeals to kids and adults. There are raunchy moments, like the erections that kids may not get, but that's a good thing. They don't get it, but they still laugh at psycho mums. Because well, I was a kid, I had a mum. She was probably psycho at some point, I imagine, when she was home. You know, who knows? Uh, Bartek, yeah, this is a childhood classic of mine. Was this a childhood classic of yours? I had not seen it until the day before this recording. And but when... we were planning on doing it like a year ago. And then just... I was like, halt, halt. We need to wait until the world is ready. The world needed And that year is 2017, but we record this. It's very pointed. Jake Gyllenhaal has a new movie coming out. Why not? Do he this? has a new movie every year yeah, until he dies. They, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, this was one of them. This was one of the new movies. So, Bartek, this was a new experience for you. Mm -hmm. Did you get what you thought you were going to get or more? See, I one of the comments I made to you, Ryan, <laughs> after I finished watching it yesterday, was that it reminds me, or rather, I, I, I see it as kind of a co combination of Thunderpants. Great film. Um, I'll Be Home for Christmas and Blues Brothers. Great film, great film. And I agree, all three of those films I've greatly enjoyed. And I was really surprised to find out that, as you said before, it's one of those films. Like, I just thought it would be, you know, kind of maybe a heartwarming story about a boy with an illness trying to survive and, you know, find love. But then as this movie started, you know, we had that funny narration, you know, comparing a nun to a penguin, which I guess that's also in Blues Brothers. Yes, of course. Um, they invented Catholicism. And obviously, 
he's, he's got like this kind of psychotic mother character, which is very exaggerated. That kind of reminded mm-hmm. me of um, the disconnect between Patrick Smash and his parents in Thunderpants. So Great film. A lot of kind of farcical <laughs> things were going on. And then it became this kind of pseudo-road trip-esque slash uh, journey movie where he's travelling long distance and meeting all these people and those people end up being, you know, recurring characters. One of them's a vulture. One of them is a vulture. <laughs> I did note that. And I just thought, wow, this is like the fourth of these three movies that I really liked and I was really surprised and I really enjoyed well, it. Nasorab, you're a newcomer yes. to the show. I am. Are you a newcomer to Bubble Boy? I am a newcomer to Bubble Boy. Oh, wow. I, I too did not see it until the day before this recording. Did um, it change you? It, it, I'm not ashamed to say it changed my life. I mean, I as someone who is an actor and who loves Jake Gyllenhaal, I think Jake Gyllenhaal is amazing. I always, like, I, I, I look up to the man and I, I watch this and, and really... He, he genuinely does give a good performance in this movie. Like, he, look like he him, looks like he has an look erection. Him, he does, I believe that he has an erection and I believe he doesn't know what it is. And he is a method actor. He is a method actor, so I believe that that hurt like hell, what he just did. And he had an erection in front of his mum. <laughs> yeah, well, I believe that as well. But yeah, no, I, I think yeah, I loved I loved the, the road trip. I loved seeing all of these actors in this movie that I've seen in other things. Yeah, and you it's know what I mean? like Danny Trejo. Something and... about the early two thousands as well. That yeah. since we've grown past that time, it brings us nostalgia of being like, of course this actor's here, and I kind of miss seeing exactly. them in this period of time. Like Danny Trejo's grown so much, and he has. has and uh, you know many of them have grown into different things, like Swoozy here. She is in the t- she was in the TV show Pushing Up Daisies, you know, and and she they've all gone on to do great things, but there's certain actors, certain things about this era that really call home. Like when you see um when you see this kind of style of comedy making. Yeah. You know, it is not it's different to the Will Ferrell Seth Rogen type where there's lots of improvisation you know this movie is written yeah and that's not to say anything about it about the modern style of comedy but this is so the year of 2000s where it was like we have this wacky premise and we're gonna run with it you know this is you thank people like the Farrelly brothers yeah. the Austin Mike Myers and the people behind Austin Powers and stuff like that you know and, and also it's it, it is a movie that kids can watch yeah but at times is so politically incorrect and I miss that so much. I do too. I really do, especially but, with comedy because comedy you, here's you, the you thing need to about be able to say the politically want. incorrect thing. It's still there in modern comedy, but it's turned up times 10. Yeah. So you have a movie like Get Hard where the whole movie is a politically incorrect idea of exactly. Will Ferrell hires a black guy to teach him how to survive in prison because he doesn't want to get gang raped. Yeah, exactly. And which is so never... on PC but it doesn't it, it becomes to the point where I have to agree with people who are PC because it's like, if, is that the joke? Yeah. Well, this movie, it has so much more. Exactly. And it, it was a family movie. Mm, That's yeah. the thing. Now, you you could, you could couldn't make this movie the same way you do now. I, they wouldn't let you. They'd be like, it has to be yeah. like rated R or something. And I think, uh, erection joke, racism. And I think yeah, the exactly. key to um, politically incorrect humour, if you're making a feature-length film, like with sketches, it's obviously very different. And with the internet mm. style, it's different. You need a character or a series of characters who are morally good. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, Bubble Boy, he's a good person deep down. Hence, when he does have an erection joke, it's sweet, you know, like, because it's that. But in a film like where you have Will Ferrell, who I do like very much, he's so morally detestable that it just goes, 
mm. and you can have movies where you have morally detestable comedic characters, but they still have a heart. Like, say, American Pie came out around this time. The, most of the characters in that movie are disgusting individuals, but at the end of the day, they still have a heart that you attach yourself to. And I think that's the genuine joy of this movie is it's goofy, but it's got a heart. Yeah. Bartek, when this movie first came out in 2001, yes. what were you doing at the time? Why um, didn't you see this? I was eight years old. Um, so no excuse. <laughs> year two I'd probably just gotten a grasp of English at that point um, so you could have understood Jake that is lisp <laughs> I think it's a lisp I think it's a lisp yeah. maybe I didn't. I don't think I would have even heard of Jake Gyllenhaal at that point yeah he was still fairly newish I mean Donnie Darko was the same year yeah I didn't see that either <laughs> for some that's reason that's crazy <laughs> I don't know Ryan I just I've never even heard of it so I'd heard of the concept of a bubble boy I'm probably from Seinfeld from Seinfeld that's what I knew it from well I, I hadn't seen Seinfeld that point either but I might have seen it in like a cartoon or something like oh they, this kid's in a bubble that's wacky maybe <laughs> Simpsons did it yeah know. possibly yeah no they did with Bart yeah I remember that yeah yeah, the, yeah he the was in a bubble bubble where he had the fart yeah 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 I liked um, with this a lot of the reviews, a lot of comments did make that comparison point to the Seinfeld thing. <laughs> and it's because there was a real-life Bubble Boy, and that's really And unfortunately, where... the episode was called Bubble Boy, so when I was looking for... <laughs> the Bubble Boy. When yeah. I was looking for quizzes for this movie, it was all about that episode. <laughs> you know, with with the movie like this, you know, it's making a satire on the John Travolta movie as well, The Boy Living the Bubble, and the real-life story taking yeah, real a comedic life, yeah. spin. And I think that's really ingenious like you know i don't see very many comedies nowadays taking a a, 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 a true events and, yeah. and making a different style comedic movie out of them in a way that like this you know mm-hmm. maybe if mel brooks did it mel brooks is yeah. too busy yeah. you know he's like a hundred years old he, he's he uh, you should watch there's an episode of comedians in cars getting coffee <laughs> where Jerry Seinfeld literally goes to Mel Brooks's house mm. and just has dinner with him and um oh what's his name I can't believe I'm blanking on his name um which one he's the, oh, he's like a, a, a legend comedic legend he was in Ocean's 11 he played the old guy uh, it's Don Rickles uh, no it wasn't it's not Don Rickles there's so many old people it'll come to me but Anyway, it's amazing. That's what Mel Brooks does with his life. He just sits around and watches mm, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks did this phone interview about this movie he produced, this weird sci-fi movie, and it was supposed to be like a 10-minute call, and it went for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, this film, a childhood classic of mine, and it was great to see Jake Gyllenhaal now. In a silly role, like he's one of... I kept writing in my notes, because I write notes for this, greatest actor of our generation, several times in this. Mm. And at first I wrote that as a joke, being like, haha, he's in this. But it shows you the versatility of a performer. At the same time, he was doing Donnie Darko, which is on the complete opposite end of the Mm -hmm. spectrum. Like, yes, it does have comedy in it, but this shows you that Jake Gyllenhaal can be your leading man. He can be your action hero he can be your dark force you know he can be a comedic gem he is very versatile yeah he's very, very versatile. versatile comedian uh comedic force like in just looking at him a comedic actor he brings a lot of versatility into comedy like he doesn't just play bubble boy as just one note character mm. you know which is which is really good and i love um 
you know, Chloe here. I love. Um, I like her. I do like her. She, I like her because she reminds me of Heather Graham, who I like very much. I, she does remind me of her. I thought that as well. I wrote yeah. in my notes Heather Graham, and then I knew it wasn't. It's I knew, not, but yeah. it's like, oh, I wish it was. I mean, this chick works just great, but. Mm. Um, but like when you were growing up inside a bubble, <laughs> hence you didn't see this movie. All right, secrets out. Secrets out. Biotech doesn't have any immunities. There we no, do this in a bubble. There were no bubble-sized bubble right seats in the cinema. No, this there were suit is very uncomfortable. When you grew up in a bubble and the girl, the the whore next door, sorry. Uh, she a, she's more, more of a bitch, bitch than right? More of a bitch, yeah. but, you know, he that didn't know that. That was the moment that. I fell in love with her, by the way. When <laughs> she said that, I was like, I love this chick. She's amazing. When the bitch next door came over, um, did you want to leave your bubble? Well, I did leave my bubble. No, you're still in a bubble. We're recording next to you in a bubble right now. I mean, this is more... We're at Bartek's house in his bubble. bubble. Well, outside of it, because we'd kill him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is really more of a balloon, right? (laughs) And you got it, balloon boy. So, this is an interesting part of the film, guys, that I really want to talk about. I think it's indicated here that years have passed. Yeah, he says it. He says for the next few years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's after this scene, years have passed, because she's like... Uh, the, yeah, he That's or her, right, like, two, the, yeah. two years. This is when they're first dating. Yeah. Uh, can we please talk about the real hero of the movie? Mark. Mark. <laughs> I fucking Mark. love bully Look characters in this mullet. movie. Look at those hair extensions. And I love Mark. I don't know. Who, I didn't look up this actor, but he really... he. I mean, he is basically a clone of Sean William Scott, who's he Stifler. But... Yeah. He's so good because what I love about movies, Sorab, is at TV, and Bartek, you must agree with this being a fan of Saved by the Bell, is when they clearly get actors who are like 25 plus to play 16-year-olds. And I'm not joking, he must be 30 years old. Like, he's got... Clearly not a teenager. He's got... He's got like a five, five o'clock, o'clock shadow. shadow, and he's so much. And he's he looks older than the dad. He does. Who? <laughs> <laughs> he's great. But Mark, what I love about Mark as a character is he's a great bully character because he just lays it on there. He's just like, I'm a jerk. I know it, and you gotta respect that. And then at the end of the movie, spoiler alert: Jake Gyllenhaal gets to the wedding. And Mark has the best interaction I've seen in cinema. I'm gonna wait till we get to it, but. I hope you all know what I'm going to be talking about. There's just I think I and know, it's I know exactly no lines of dialogue, no lines of dialogue. Actually, it's just a physical interaction. I know exactly it's what you're so good. About. It's so good. So here's a question about the bubble saw Sure. Does it extend to the window? Because he can clean his window, and she just got in through the window. But like he's That's touching. Well, how is he touching the blinds right now? I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. That. I guess it. Me too. I guess it. I guess it could. I mean, he's walking on the floor. He's not walking on plastic. No, so it is it, plastic on the floor. Oh, it is plastic. Yeah. Well, then I don't in know a shot, it's... it you saw the plastic reflecting from the floor. So yeah. Well, I love that they they had the attention to detail for the plastic on the floor, but the window. But the thing... window, it's fine. But hey, Sora, real question. <clears throat> Is she getting married in New York? Or Niagara Falls? <laughs> or Niagara Falls. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, that confused me so much. I genuinely don't know. I had I This was... movie, for a moment, made me believe that Niagara Falls was in, in New, New York. York. For a second, I was like, I was like, wait, is Niagara Falls in New York? <laughs> oh yeah, you know, they're like, right next I, to each other. I went to the, wrong about this my whole life. I went life. to the IMDb goofs like, goof? I was like, oh, is there like a plot hole? Or like, <laughs> no. the stakes? And the weirdest thing is... Okay, so for those not in the know... 
at the first point in which he's going on his adventure, voiceover narration says, her wedding's in New York and I've got to yeah. get there. But yeah. he, she clearly Wait, said I Niagara Falls. she says it as well. No, no, no. She says Niagara Falls. Yeah, okay, Niagara yeah, Falls. And then Niagara the next Falls. scene... Which is he, in Canada, by the way. Everyone. Yeah, it is. When he goes, he's like, I'm going to go to New York. And then for the rest of the movie, he says, Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls. I'm going to get to Niagara Falls. And then one bit near the end where he's on the phone to his mother. Oh, no, no. No, he's on the phone to Mark. And he's like, I'm in New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, he says, I'm near New York. I'm in New York. What? He's clearly in <laughs> Illinois at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, the weird thing was... His character is sure he's naive, but he is educated. Yeah. And his mother, like, maybe... It, this is what I love about films like this. You can get a lot of subtext. Like, you have to go, well, his mother is blinding him to the real world. So maybe she's screwing up his idea of geography. <laughs> and, like, he thinks that down the road is New York. Is New York, and yeah. Oh, and Marco is also a bubble boy. Because yeah. he was in New York, apparently. Yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So... I think that's like a subtle thing of his manipulation, you know. I, I that's what I, that's what Ford I went into it. Yeah. Now, guys, guys, this, this, guys, this this is Jake Gyllenhaal, at an unknown like Donnie Darko's his you know real big kicking off kicking off point for the general. This masses. came out first, right? It came out the same I year, think, but this came out yeah, first, right? Yeah, you could double feature this if you want. Well, you could, yeah, that would be amazing. Now. Do we know Jake Gyllenhaal very well as a performer? You know, Bartek? I've seen him in a handful of things that were really great. Like, I've seen him in Donnie Darko. I've seen him in this. Um, I've seen End of Watch, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, um, Nightcrawler. Love Nightcrawler. You've seen Southpaw? Southpaw, yeah, Southpaw as well. I've also seen... Prisoners? Everest. I haven't seen Prisoners. Zodiac. Prisoners Prisoners is very good. And I haven't seen Zodiac either. And, Sorab, you're familiar with him too... What is it about Jake Gyllenhaal that makes him stand out above the rest? Even especially in a movie like this. I think I think what you said, like he can play that the darkness or he can play the light, but no matter what he's playing, you really like him. He's sincere. There's yeah, there's something about him. Mm. You just I I just like him. Yeah, he's never played someone in movies I've seen that I've truly detested. Like yeah. there's characters like uh, Lou Bloom and Nightcrawler, yeah. where he's morally disgusting. But I can't help but admire the guy yeah. because he's got such drive. And that's because of yeah. Jake John Hall is such a likable presence. I also like yeah. his sister, Maggie. Yes, she's very good. I think you know, what I like about both of them, and I think this, you know, Jake could have easily gone down the comedy whole, like comedy landscape yeah. because of this feature that I think they both have, which is they have these goofy eyes the eyes yeah. it's these it is, big yeah. eyes which jake john hall yeah. plays up in movies like nightcrawler which makes him intense oh my God, they can be so, so intense in because they're so buggy out and kind yeah. of like you know like, he looks like a gecko he does yeah you he's know, very, kind of very, very reptilian yeah and it's the eyes and in a movie like this you can't help but look at those eyes and just get lost in him as a yeah. performer and i think really he has very expressive eyes also he looks like he's 12 right now yeah he does look like that because also he's wearing children's clothes yeah that's and he's also got a children's true. haircut it's, yeah his haircut is but his I, haircut is amazing in this movie yeah he kind of looks like a you know, early designer for a dumb and dumber character I well guess. yeah you know I didn't want to say anything Bartek but Sawrab's wearing a beanie right now <laughs> he didn't want to let us know but he got 
his haircut to look like the Bubble Boy just for this podcast, for strictly audio-based podcast. Like I said, I'm an actor and I I truly believe in method acting. And just for this, it really helps me identify with this character to have my hair cut the same. You're still getting the voice down, though. I am still getting the voice down, but that's how I got here, by the way. In a bubble. Yeah, that's how I got here. You ran in a bubble. I ran in a bubble. With uh, just no. unbridled joy on my face. This movie is a character movie, to say the least. The plot is not as important. It's your the graduate plot line, basically. I got to interrupt the wedding. Yes, very much so. Plot line. A wedding that kind of looks similar to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's a satire. <laughs> Can I just ask also? Is this the street for? This feels like the street from Edward Scissorhands. It is. It is, isn't it? It is. Right, yeah. It is, and that's why this movie's soundtrack at points rips off Edward Scissorhands. It does. So right? That's yeah. good. Yeah. Now. I didn't want to do this, but this is my favorite character in the entire (laughs) movie. There's so many characters to choose from. Now, Bartek, you know, I can see you just perched on the edge of your seat, just wanting to talk about all the wacky side characters. Because I know that's really wait till they come. You, I know that's really your thing. But I loved Zach Galifianakis (laughs) in this movie. It was a really genuine surprise to see him. But you know, I I loved about what I loved about him is he's the only character, probably besides from the dad who is the realist in this world of cartoons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he does have his little wacky moments where he's like, I've lost weight. But yeah. I just love how stern and serious Zach Galifianakis is. I'm not a big fan of Zach Galifianakis. Like, I like him. I like his kookier stuff. But this, it's so great to see such a great talent playing against type. I also love that after he leaves his house and he's in the bubble... Everyone is, like, just okay with the bubble. But yeah. Zach Galifianakis is the one that's like, uh, what is happening excuse me. right now? Machete, Danny Trejo didn't see Mocha. He grabbed that's out true, a knife. No, that's true, that's true. He just that's wanted true. to know how you take that. a poop. And he never that. got that answered. Yeah. So what that. I really like about Zach here is that... Um, and, and I'm not saying this about the actor, but about the character. The character seems like a person who decided one day... <laughs> I'm not going to react to anything. That's yeah. my challenge. And then he sees this and he's like, oh no, this is going to be a challenge. I'm just going to take it really slow and really calm. So I would watch good. an indie That's comedy so film about Zach Galifianakis' character's day in the life. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Patterson, but with Zach Galifianakis' character as a bus station attendant. It would be amazing. I'd watch the hell out of that movie. You know, where he's writing, you know, he's actually writing a film script about this story. <laughs> like, And then when the mum comes by and like hurts his feelings, he's like, well, I have to say something. And he comes home to his fat cat and he's like this woman called me fat <laughs> that's so good he's like oh no can't react to this can't react to this yeah no he, he finds the best way to react to it <laughs> now there are many wacky characters many character actors that appear in this we've mentioned Danny Trejo a lot John Carroll Lynch I love seeing John Fabio's Carroll Lynch in this movie my hero right Fabio <laughs> I like... Okay, do we, do we know Fabio very well? I mean, I know him as an icon, not really so much the that, guy. So you do know him then? Yeah. Like, he he's, was in Dude, Where's My Car? Exactly. And in Zoolander. And in Zoolander and in Bubble Boy. Fabio <laughs> is one of those people who's like, I guess, Kim Kardashian in terms of... <laughs> They are who they are famous because they are who they are and yeah, nothing else. Right, yeah, exactly. And I respect Fabio because Fabio clearly, to me, is playing a character that's called Fabio. Like he's this 
weird European sex god who's got magnificent <laughs> hair and he's above everyone else, but he's slightly stupid. It's like the greatest character performance I've ever seen. And I know someone in the audience is going to be like, no, that's just Fabio. Well, that's where you're wrong yeah. because we have Fabio on the show now, don't we? Yes. <laughs> How are you, Fabio? Very good. Fabio, what country are you from? Europe. My favorite country. Now, Fabio, when did you become Fabio? Were you born this way, like Lady Gaga would say? <laughs> Two seconds before I was conceived. Well, there you go. The universe blinked and Fabio was in existence right before our very eyes. God was, uh, he was a little quick to conceive me. Oh, too quick, Fabio? God, and two God, seconds. God conceived you as well. That's I, I, I feel like we just skated past that. God conceived Well, you. he's Jesus. Right, okay, of course. And he's also God, because Jesus he's is both. God and, you yeah, know, he's both. and yeah. Fabio. Join my cult. I mean, church. I mean, thing. Fabioism. My favourite <laughs> religion. So, with Fabio's ever-glowing presence in this movie in all two scenes he's in... Yeah, I think so. You know, he's a reminder of the 2000s as well. Like, it's like when you watch a movie like Zoolander and it has Billy yeah. Zane in it. Yeah, oh my god, Billy Zane. <laughs> you know, it reminds you of the 90s. This is one of these movies where it has Fabio. It reminds you of the late 90s, 2000s. Late, yeah. Genitals. Do we Can have I just them? ask... Uh, they, yeah. So they're all castrated, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. One of the goofs, I've, the best goof I've ever read <laughs> on IMDb is like, the cultists are clearly all castrated, but there's one guy that's playing that was a trombone who clearly has a large package. Yeah. I was like, that's a it piece like of goof. It was like while they were singing. I was trying to look out for him, but I forgot the trombone detail. And, uh, you know, uh, this guy, I've that's always remembered. And yeah. that's the crippled one. That, I like that. That's yeah. the, crippled that the crippled one. Yeah, because he's holding his crutch in his hand. <laughs> Not his, like, genitals. He's, no, no, he doesn't have those not anymore. His crotch, not his crutch. Not his crutch, his crutch, yeah. Uh, now, this is probably the best joke in the entire film for me, where we have the hatred of Jews. <laughs> you know, you just got to have so that in a mainstream movie. movie. How can you not? Uh, no, I think the real strength of this is the parents. You know, I find it very interesting that Swoozie Kurtz has been around for a very long time. Do we guys know her from very much? I do not. Wow. I think she kind of looks like Jessica Lang. Yeah. I can never remember how to say her last name. How about you call her Jessica Out of the Lange? Okay, I'll call her that. Jessica Out of the Lange. I think that's what that's who she looks like. But it's not her, so I don't know. I Bartek? don't know. No, but I, I feel like she would be some kind of distant relative of Kitty from that 70s show who no one talks about. Yeah. I love Kitty from that I 70s like show that well. no one talks I about. Too. I love her laugh. Yeah. So the thing that is, I know her so well, Swoozy. I saw this movie when I was a kid and went, oh my God, it's the lawyer from Liar Liar. Oh my She's God. the prosecuting lawyer from Liar Liar. And you know what I loved about her in Liar Liar? She does a Zach Galifianakis. She's the serious one. Yeah. Who actually just is the one who keeps being like, Jim Carrey's crazy. Why are we letting this continue? You just blew my mind. I did not know that was her. And was she amazing. has the best bloopers I've ever seen in a movie where, where in, in Liar Liar... She's playing off Jim Carrey and, and, and he's doing like, Objection, objection. 
and and she and he's making fun of her, and then she's like, "Objection! Overacting in the courts!" And Jim Carrey <laughs> just loses it. Like, and it's so genuine. It's like it's the so best good. thing you could ever say to Jim Carrey is your is his overacting, because that's like the best criticism. So, so I've always had respect for her, and when she appeared in this movie, it's it's just magical because she's it playing is. the opposite. She's playing super crazy. Mm. Sorab, what character? Are you in this movie? Which one is Saw Rap? That is a tough question. I know. I often look at. I think my... we're about to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> we're the about bike. Wow. There he is on the ground. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, there he is. This is exactly how I would react. <laughs> Daddy Trey. Someone is... wearing this. Well, you do have tattoos. I do have tattoos. It's true. And these are his real tattoos. So. Yeah, his are real tattoos. So are mine. They're not fake. Sorab's fake tattoo guy, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm one, that guy. He's one of those guys I'm in those, those guys movies in those that movies, has fake exactly. tattoos, and yet he's uh, method well, acting as Jake Gyllenhaal. Right I now. am. I, I, I can multitask. It's okay. Don't worry. He can be multi-talented. Multi-method. Yes. I mean, hey, we've done a movie where Robert De Niro method acted the first ever cartoon character <laughs> yeah. to film, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> So here he is, there he is the legend. Man, the myth, the legend. I like how his symbol, his uh, neck symbol, is like a uh, different uh, shape to the actual symbol they have. Like theirs is a horizontal gap, or his is a vertical gap, mm. making it like he is the supreme leader of this wonderful cult. You know, he, like everything that he has is this vertical gap. I love it, you yeah. know? It's, it's like just, a standing tall. Look at, the, look at that suit as well. It's amazing. He's he's a he's a fashionable young man. He's he's amazing. He's amazing. So Bartek, who are you in this film? Mm. Are you Todd, or Todd? <laughs> That's a hard one, Ryan. It's almost like the five hundred dollar question. No, it's a five dollar question. <laughs> oh no! Five hundred dollars competition winning no money then. I think that I am the Birdman of the Freaks show. <laughs> You know the one I'm talking about? The one with the bird beak nose? Oh, there was one like that, yeah. I like how you said it like you had doubts. <laughs> because there were so many of them. I only there were five. There were five. And you know, true, there were five. But they all ran around in like this but, gang all the time. But you know what my favourite freak was? Was it the one with the deep... Oh, the, the little black one? No. I like the little black one. Like <laughs> His name's Beetlejuice in real life. Is it really? Uh, yeah. My favourite one... Is and this is not a joke. When we come up to it, you're gonna be like, "You're spot on." Is the one who's just a gymnast. <laughs> when she first comes out of the train, she's like crawling on her hands and with her legs behind her head. But then for the rest of the movie, she's just standing there, looking normal because her talent as a freak is a gymnast. A gymnast. Oh yeah, she's a. Uh, what's that? What's that term for when you're really... freak? <laughs> <laughs> we just went through this. Real tattoo. Danny Trejo always has that woman tattoo in everything. He does. He does. Because those are real. It's a real tattoo. Except for Wildfire. Isn't it his yeah. family? No, the names are his family, but that woman is it's just some woman. I don't know if it's his wife or not. You know, Danny no, Trejo's he, been in prison. Yeah, it's a dream that he had in prison. He dreamt that woman and then tattooed it on... Do you remember why he went to prison? No, I don't know why he went to I'm prison. I'm pretty sure he murdered people. Did he really? He used to be in the Mexican cartel and he was one of those people that would stick people in barrels of petrol and set them on fire. Oh, wow. I don't know if he went to prison for that, but he's talked about how he did that. Well, there you go. And uh, Danny Trejo, great example of how the justice system works. (laughs) Because 
He went to prison, served his time, and he became a better man for it because we have him in movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know anyone who doesn't have a smile on their face when they see Danny Trejo. I love that guy. I love him I'm so looking much. At me, uh, I love him in this. I love seeing him smile as well. You know what I love? Great. This moment here where it's like you feel the wind in your hair and Jake Gyllenhaal just stops yeah, acting for a moment. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I love moments like that in a movie where... It still keeps the tone, doesn't destroy anything, but you just know that the actor wasn't acting there. Yeah. They're just like in the moment. Well, and you've, it's just read, so nice. you've read the trivia about him, right? Yes, tell me. Danny Trejo loved working on this film because it was one film that he's done, or one of, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was the first one, I think. Maybe the first one that he's done where he neither died or killed anyone. Wow. Which I guess go. matters a lot to to an actor, you know. Yeah. If you were typecast... Unless just... you're Sean Bean. I think I think it's in his contract that he has to die. And when he doesn't, you... then everything falls apart. Exactly. Looking yeah, at you, matter. Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> Where you played a bee. <laughs> a human bee. So, Sorab, you're a man of the world. Yes. Have you been to Las Vegas? I have been to Las Vegas. Was Bubble Boy being shot there at the same time? <laughs> Is that your alibi for 9-11? <laughs> It is my Where were you? Yes. Sorab, that's not John. It's Where not were John. you during 2011? 2011? Yeah, because there could have been a terrorist attack then, the event too. as well? <laughs> well, in 2011, I was probably enjoying the stylings of Danny Trejo in a movie called Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I... I which yeah. is which is which I, I just love that movie. Oh, okay. Political debate here. Oh, here we go. You don't like I it. don't like it cuz I like Desperado so much. Uh, Desperado is 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 the better film. Uh true. Danny Trejo's best film role is clearly the janitor in Modern Family. He keeps appearing in Modern Family as role. the janitor. You are you are absolutely correct. So, you know, he was there doing that. When I watched this film last night, there was lots of flashbacks coming to me. I forgot how Christian his character was. Like, that was a big factor into it. Like, I've watched this film a lot. I remember Danny Trejo. I like how he has an age. Like, he, he's just, he, he has. Doesn't age. He, he has, but, like, not... Like, he's always looked like this. Yeah, exactly. So, like... He stopped aging when he started movies because he hasn't aged since this, between this and now. Definitely not. And Jake Gyllenhaal hasn't aged. That's also true. He looks the exact same, yeah. except for he may be skinny or buff. There's yeah, no between. Or, or have a beard or be clean shaven. But other than that, he uh, looks the same. Or older, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what, what can what yeah. can you do? Exactly. Bartek, when this film happened, your first timer. I imagine there were lots of questions that kind of came up during the watching of it. Are there any that you are still left with that you want to ask Sorab and I, who yeah. are Bubble Boy experts? The only one that I really was confused about, we already brought up, which was the whole New York thing. Oh, yeah? So, experts, go ahead and explain that. Well, I already did. <laughs> he did. There we yeah, go. I so was a thing I'm an expert. No, I'll explain it again. You see, New York is in Niagara Falls, and Niagara Falls is in New York. Yes. And did you know this movie all took place in Illinois? <laughs> in one scene in particular? Now, when you see a cult... Mm. Have you have you seen cults in real life? I have not seen cults in real life. Well, maybe I have and I didn't notice. I don't know. Welcome to our cult. Oh, well, there you go. You're a part of the spit and polish cult now, Sorab. That's why I had to give you my bank details when I walked yeah, in. Yeah, oh, and okay. a vial of your blood. Right, okay, And sperm. Yeah. And sperm. Yeah, yeah and dignity. That, that, that was and sperm. genitals, weirdly. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. It was weird that we got the genitals after the sperm. But, you know, 
Yeah. Well, you kind of have to. If I give you my genitals first, how can I give you the sperm? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we could have just cut off your dick and just squeezed. And squeezed real hard <laughs> and hope for the best. And see what comes. Yeah. Squeeze, squeeze real hard and see what comes out of the balls. Ooh, good specimen. That's exactly it, Bartek. You got it. That's what I said when we did it. That's Sorab's child that you got in your hands there. Another question about geography in this film. Is, yeah. Do we know where they live? Um, they do say the name of their town. Right. I don't know if we get a Because, state. like, no, like, so did the parents drive through Las Vegas to find him? Yes, yes, they, did, they just right. went through to Vegas yeah. because um, the bus station guy said he went to Vegas. That's correct. Yes, that's right. You are right. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, because the cultists were going to Vegas. Yeah. So they're in Nebraska now. I would like to watch this movie with a map of the states in front of me. I've always wanted to watch movies with maps because yeah. my favourite part of movie watching is map watching. It's map watching. <laughs> now, Bartek, I get a feeling that one of your favourite actors is going to be coming up in this next scene here. <laughs> yeah. As, as Dr. Freak. Oh, when I said it, you're, you the go smile on his face. I was amazing because I was kind of confused. I'm like, oh, which one? Because I don't really know if I have a favorite character. Uh, John Carroll Lynch, obviously. Yeah, of course. No, Vern Troy, you're right. I do know. Who Can Vern you tell Troy us is. a bit about Vern Troy? You seem like an expert he, on him. I only know him as Mini Me, to I, be honest. I'm not really an expert on him, but he has been on the show before, technically, when we did Baby's Day Out. When he played a stunt baby? He was the stunt. <laughs> baby for the baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um you're a Vern boy i mean not really you know I'm... you know how mean he is in real life no he's very very is he really? he's been arrested really? several <laughs> times for violence for, for violence for kicking women out of he's, his car he's basically a gangster <laughs> like he has those are like real tats and stuff like he's actually really hardcore he was you know a... he was in harry potter right yeah, he was one of the Gringotts. They things. kicked him off Harry Potter because he was too mean to the children. <laughs> I just can't get over it. So when he rocks up in this movie as a gangster kind of mean figure, I go, he's not acting. He's That's not his virtue. But hey, no, I might be... Was, I might not know. He was in the prison scene of Goldmember. That, see this yes. woman here? Just walking on a butt? Yeah. That's her freak talent. Her freak I like how he's spelt with a PH. PH like yeah. he's a... PhD. Yeah, I didn't really get <laughs> that until freaks. I looked up stuff about the film. Well, yeah. even though it's written on, it's written the, on the side of the, the, the freaking. Yeah. I just love Vern Troyer in this me, movie. Mini, mini. I, I love how strong his bubble is. Yeah, well, he he has to have a strong bubble, yeah, or else germs will get in. That's true. Yeah. Well, not just that, Ryan. The movie's called Bubble Boy. You can't have a bubble boy without a bubble. You could. Oh, okay. When I when I pitched this movie to my girlfriend last night, who had never seen it, I said Bubble Boy. What do you think it's going to be about? And she nailed down the plot, like, so easy. She's like, it's about a boy in a bubble, and he gets out of his bubble to, get, I don't know, chase the girl. And I'm like, nailed it. And I'm like, but I didn't tell her that. I said, no, it's actually about a bubble. Who's a boy? Trying to search for their gender identity. And she just looked at me and said, I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal would do a project like that. <laughs> <laughs> And I agree. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's Jake's material, but no, it's, it's Vern's. With, 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 the, with the freaks, before I noticed that two of them were conjoined at the head, I was wondering why... You know, one was wearing a hat? Why one was just a Jew. I'm like, oh, are they going with that whole Jews freaks thing? Oh, <laughs> right. Okay, But yeah. then I realised, oh, they're conjoined. They're conjoined that's why. They're no, they're conjoined. Conjoined. <laughs> <laughs> 
Contortionist. That's the word that I was. Oh, forgetting. there you go. No, you meant freak. I don't. I think you. I think you meant freak. Yeah. Yeah, freak. So, Sorab, yes. did this movie give you any questions that you need asked? That you need to ask us answered. Good one. I think my biggest question for this movie would probably have to be something about about why and you'll find this out at the end so maybe I shouldn't ask this yet no do but, but why is he not wearing pants while <laughs> in the suit <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because it seems very low down. But no, he is, legs. Is, is, isn't he wearing pants? No, because when, 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 when you see him at the end, yeah, but he's like in his the, underwear. Yeah. Yeah. Because... So so then it would so then another question would be if he is wearing pants right now, why does he also take them off at the end to be in his underwear? Because he wants to show her what he's got before he dies. Right, okay. Okay. Now I love this scene. This scene is I fantastic. Just love, I just love Hicks scene. in movies. Like, they're a favorite little trope of mine. Do we have a favorite uh, on-screen redneck that we've seen in anything? Ooh, there's so question. many. I love in planes, trains, and automobiles, there's these two rednecks that pick up Steve Martin and John Candy, and he's just chewing tobacco, and he just, like, looks at Steve Martin, and he just has this scrunched-up face, and he's going... <laughs> And just like sucking up his chewed tobacco and swallowing it instead of spitting it out. That's one of my favorite. Oh, and, and his wife is this tiny woman lifting their heavy bags, and they're like, "No, no." And he goes, "Nah, don't worry about her. She may look small and scrawny, but she's strong like a mule." <laughs> Our firstborn, he came out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. <laughs> That's one of my favorite red. They're my fa- they're one of my favorite rednecks on. But these guys are close. Picking on some poor Indian guy. Or is he Pakistani? No, he's Indian. He's Indian in this. He's Pakistani in Seinfeld. Babu. Yeah. Babu Bhatt. See, I miss him as an actor as well. Like, I'm sure he's in stuff. He's in The Big Bang Theory. He's like Raj's father. He does a lot of voice acting as well. He's always one of those presences. But do we have a favorite on screen redneck? Or is it this movie's done it for you? I don't know. I just like the. Uh, character type so much. I don't really think I have a necessary oh, favorite out there. Not, not, not Deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Make him square like a big boy. That's a good one. That is a very good one. I know. I hear. I hear Sorab saying, Ryan, how are you not talking about Cletus, the slack jawed yoke? Cletus would probably be my favorite. I was screen. thinking. I like Brandine better. <laughs> Brandine. Uh uh, where she's like giving birth and she has rabies <laughs> at the same time, and she's I, like foaming at the mouth. She's like, "Give me back my baby!" I love, I love. There's an episode of The Simpsons where Cletus's kids. He has like ten kids because a million he does, yeah. And they all become like pop sensations or like celebrities, yeah, and yeah. he's keeping all the money from them. Yeah, I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's basically like Mike, but for it the is. Simpsons. I was just I was gonna say it's like like Mike, but with The Simpsons. Now, Bartok. Yes. Tell me a bit about what you got, like some of the stuff that you got from this this movie. I want to hear a bit more from you. First of all, I really like this <laughs> this Indian kid. <laughs> He's like curry. Yeah. Also, there's no other Indians in this town. No. Is that his son? Yeah. And he's just left him behind. Fuck him. He's more worried about cows. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you've been to the town. Maybe there is an Indian. Maybe family. there is. That's true. There's got to be a wife somewhere. 
That's well, yeah. That's Unless true. she's maybe. Dead. Yeah. Well, Which maybe that be kid's, tragic. Maybe that kid's going through a lion like story. <laughs> oh well, there you go. That's the subplot of the movie. <laughs> and Vern is Nicole Kidman, who adopts him into his freak show, and it just becomes a new thing. Yeah, and he grows up to be Babu. Anyway, <laughs> he still grows up to be. He still grows up to be Babu. <laughs> and it's like a continuous cycle, though, like yeah. of just abuse on children. Mm. So Bartek, hit me with some some of your thoughts about this movie because you messaged me. This is Bartek messaged me going, "Oh boy, I like this movie," which was a good sign because <laughs> he gave yeah. a "Oh boy." I, I was being kind of vague there because I wasn't sure if you'd seen it yet or not. Then you pulled the whole childhood classic thing on me. It's like, yeah, oh well, I don't go. have to. I'm an know, expert. Don't have to be subtle or anything. Um, look, I really, really had a lot of fun in this movie. I laughed out loud a lot. You know, usually when we watch these films, you know, I might enjoy them without necessarily laughing all that much, but this one genuinely got laughs out of me. Like, that last scene right there in that town with the hicks, it was just, things were constantly happening, and, you know, it wasn't slow-paced or anything, and it just very quickly ended up in a huge explosion that knocked over a tower. I thought, that's great. And then they end it with this little joke of, like, oh, this is an ice cream curry van, so we'll have a bunch of kids chasing it wanting ice cream, but we'll throw in one Indian boy who just wants the curry. <laughs> and, you know, silly things like that, you know, sometimes get me in the funny bone. Yeah, what is it? What? what is, we've discussed this many times on the show before, and we had a brief discussion about it earlier with comedy. Mm-hmm. Comedy is very hard. Like many very people hard. have different styles. Hard and subjective. Yeah. Many people have different certain comedy things that really get to them that they like. Yeah. What is it? What is the certain comedy trait or style or thing that really speaks to you, Bartek? Because I, I, for some reason, when I suggest this, I said to myself, Bartek's going to really, really love this. But I don't know necessarily what it is about this type of movie Mm. that hits home really to you. What is it? Look, I can say here that I really like intelligent comedy because I do. I've seen a few intelligent comedies that I thought were great. Mm. Um, But I think at the core, I'm really into just kind of silly comedies. Like, because I grew up with Adam Sandler films, you know, say what you will about him. I've always kind of liked funny voices and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and this film definitely has that because, you know, we've even mentioned that Jake Gyllenhaal has a lisp there. Um, the Beetlejuice guy, he's got a funny high voice. Um, that's his natural voice. And <laughs> same a, with Vern Troyer, right? That, that, yeah, that's offensive. <laughs> Is it offensive? Oh, you're making fun of them? No, go on. <laughs> making fun of people for having They've natural... got disabilities that give them these weird voices, but exactly. it's like, oh, dear. Come on, man. Right, I think they have the ability to speak, articulate just fine. You're right. I'm being offensive. Yeah, you're the one bringing this stuff into it. I'm the fucking monster here. Put me in a bubble and shoot me into space. But also we have these, you know, really... Like you said, politically incorrect, blatant moments, like where Push Pop here is freaking out, and then Jake Gyllenhaal cheers him up. He cheers him up with like a genuine statement, like "Don't worry, your religion is all a lie." And it just <laughs> that, takes that, part, that part did make me laugh. Yeah. That was that was so. And funny. what I liked about it was it wasn't hurtful. Like you, you did hurt him, but it wasn't like vengeful or mean spirited. No, it wasn't. It was just no. like, oh, don't worry, your religion's just it's a lie. Just yeah. trying to cheer him up. Yeah. So, so you like this? You do deep down. You like silly comedies. I do like silliness, and obviously, you can't just be pure silly because you know sometimes that doesn't work. But this movie, you know, interspurts the silliness. I think I said that word wrong, but whatever. Intersperse the. 
into spurts, like <laughs> semen shooting on the face of a it young inter ejaculates a bunch of you know silly moments while also having like the subtle kind of stuff. Like, when uh, Sorab's losing it, like he's I looked him dead in the eyes when I said that too. <laughs> You're new to the show, Sorab, but we've talked about child fucking on this show. I mean, we've we done have. it all. Why not? Why not? What was the movie you were Baby Stay Out. Oh, wow. Yeah, sure. <laughs> of, course. Yeah, of course. It was Baby Fucking Ryan. Get it baby right. Oh. Yeah. Would you? <laughs> there you go. The answer was yes. The context was that the baby from Baby Stay Out grew up to be a very handsome hun. So would you have got into a relationship with this, if you knew this, had future information, would you have then gotten into a relationship with this baby Hell yeah. knowing that they would grow up to be a super hunk? Yeah. So the answer is yes, Sorab would fuck a baby. Put that on a poster. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorab you know yes. we know each other not the greatest you know we've we've interacted a few times in our lives yes. what is the type of comedy that speaks to you it speaks to me yeah i mean I, that's a hard question because i was as 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 bartek was talking just then he was talking about silly comedies mm. i was thinking no i'm more of a i, I like i like a more a more grounded comedy. I like mm. satire. I like satire a lot. That's probably oh, yeah. my favorite type yeah. of comedy. Is just satire. I think it's amazing. Yeah, fake news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love satire, and I think that's great. But then I was thinking, as soon as he mentioned Adam Sandler, I grew up loving those movies as well. Mm. You know, Billy Madison. I I would sing back to school every time I went to school because it was yeah. just hilarious. Yeah. But I also grew up on Seinfeld because my parents were big Seinfeld fans. Yeah. So I, I, I like I, I like them both as long as it's good. It, if it makes me laugh. Yeah. I can't I can't really pin down what makes me laugh. Just things make me laugh, and I like to laugh. Yeah, so. it's very hard to pin down with the comedy. Like yeah. I pride myself on trying to be a big fan of all most stars of comedies. I like. Yeah. I like old school comedies from the 30s and 40s where yeah. they sing for no apparent reason. Yeah, exactly. I like slapstick comedies. Yeah, and I like a comedy like this. Like I said, because it is being openly silly and openly offensive, but with a heart. And I think mm. that's the thing that comedy gets thought of lesser for, is you have such mean-spirited comedies with no heart. And I get really defensive about people who have a go at certain comedy stars for being offensive and thinking that they don't have an intelligence behind it, such as South Park. That's exactly right. South yeah. Park Which is one is, of the smartest things. It's intelligent. Yeah. I call it's, South Park intelligent crazy. stupidity. It is. Because yeah. it is stupid. They have a whole episode dedicated to if you shove food up your butt, do you poop <laughs> out your mouth? Yeah. But it's an intelligent idea an intelligent as well. Idea. Because... Not to create it. Those guys as well, though. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. They're so... Intelligent. Clever. I, I just... I saw the Book of Mormon. Mm. I'm um, seeing that next month. It's... It, my, it's so good and so clever and so funny. And, and that's... I really love that as a comedy because it's so dumb on the surface. Yeah. But underneath everything, it's pure intelligence. Yeah. Well, I really like I Cannibal really the Musical, that. so this is kind of like a spiritual success of that. Yeah, there eyes. you go. <laughs> and what I like about a movie like this, and my, my favourite comedy movie and probably my one of my favorite movies is planes trains and automobiles That's a great movie. and what i like about a movie like this which is also a road trip movie mm, yeah they're on very different ends of the spectrum but they both have something in common which is i what i like about a good comedy is you could remove the comedy and it still is a good film that's right, something okay. that i like too with this 
I would watch a movie of Machete trying to chase a bunch of cultists. I would yeah, watch right. a movie of Jake Gyllenhaal running across America to try and get his girl mm-hmm. and encountering... Like, you know what I mean? Like, and you could remove the sillier elements and it would still work. And so, that works with planes, trains, and automobiles to a higher extent because that movie doesn't pull any punches when it comes to making a comedic scene <laughs> end dramatically, yeah. to say the least. Do you reckon that you would still enjoy this movie if it was still all of these plots together without the comedy? I reckon so, if you still have the character actors. Yeah. yeah. Because Danny Trejo isn't a funny actor. No. But he true. is inherently funny because he's Danny Trejo. Yeah. Yeah. In this movie, he is a comedy character. And this but was it's because before he's the... Danny Trejo in this weird situation. Exactly. But yeah. also, in his defense, this was before the Danny Trejo yeah, that's true. thing. But it still works because of what he looks like. Yeah. Now we know Danny Trejo, and it kind of works on another level of being like, ah, oh, it's Danny Trejo. So I think it would work if you still had these character actors in it with the, you know, if you removed comedy from it, it would still work because you have, you know, Vern Troyer being there. And he, yeah. he plays it serious. Uh, he was my second favorite. Yeah. <laughs> for one scene in particular. Oh, where he's being consoled? Yeah. <laughs> I get writing in my notes that this relationship is going it's places. It's amazing. And getting back to how I said I really like the silly kind of stuff, like the whole $500 game. Oh, man. For, for, a, for a simple... And improvised according to the trivia. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Improvised between the... Uh, I don't know what the Asian actor's name is and... Uh, he's, he's a the, hero. He's the, he's the delivery guy from Seinfeld who gets hit by a car. When is Elaine, this, is this when Elaine the one is like where, crossing the street yeah. with the Virgin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this the movie where everyone from Seinfeld that was minor character actors just appear? Yeah, because that's where they got the idea for the movie from, was don't they watched an episode that. of Seinfeld. I really wish I grew up with Seinfeld, because I didn't watch Seinfeld until I was in year nine. And I just really? And yeah, and I basically just watched every episode yeah. then. I would wonder, I've always wondered what it was like not to grow up with yeah, Seinfeld. In terms of, you know, I, I grew up with lots of shows like Seinfeld, Simpsons, yeah. all yeah. that. And it's always a joy now when you're older to rewatch them and see the real intelligence and brilliance of yeah, them. There's so but there's also there. that thick layer of, well, it's so common to me. Yeah. I often Whereas wonder I'm what in... it would be like if I didn't grow up with Simpsons and watched it now and how much of the brilliance I would see upon yeah. just first encountering or yeah. not. Whereas That's I'm in this like kind of weird middle ground where I was Because yeah, year nine is still quite young. But, but it's old enough. And plus, I watched every episode in a short amount of time, so it's mm. harder for me to recall, like, unless they're, like, really, like, standout moments. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I've, I, When I was a kid, I would have seen every episode of yeah. Seinfeld, but I don't think I ever saw them in order. Oh, no. Do you know no. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Definitely, I definitely had I mean, seen all of them. Yeah, but, but and even when you don't see them in order, like The Simpsons, you can still construct a timeline yeah, of things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, when you see, it's with Seinfeld, for me, it's like, with Seinfeld... Simpsons, uh, Becker, Becker's and uh, and uh, Frasier. Frasier's amazing. As well. It's when you see the first few scenes, you go, "I know this episode." Yeah, exactly. And you know exactly where in that, the timeline of things you are. I have that with friends as well. I have that with yeah. friends. Oh, I yeah. Could, I could do that probably with that seventy show because I really yeah, me too. That. I could yeah. do that with oh, that seventy show. I could do that with well. that seventy yeah. show too. But yeah. I love that thing with growing up with things like TV shows with comedies, you can do that. You can instantly place the timeline, even if you've yeah. never watched it in the correct order before. Yeah, you can yeah, just yeah. make the logical sense. And I think that's a great thing about comedies like this. It is wacky. It is silly. It's goofy. It's fun. But it still relies on the audience to interpret uh, a sense out of it. And I think that's sometimes where comedy falls, where it gets too up its own yeah. butt. 
and being like forgetting that the audience needs to understand what's happening. Like sometimes mm-hmm. comedies can just be absurdist stuff. Like Tim and Eric work great because there's this just wacky whoa, what's this? But that works in a short format, not in the yeah, film right, format. Right. And this film is very much a live action cartoon. I'd actually it watch is, this it is as very much. It, I was thinking that as well. As a cartoon, this would work just as well. It would work just as well, you know. Yeah. And with a cartoon, you could open up more possibilities of his bubble suit as well. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Like, I think that's possibly why this movie is unappreciated. Yeah, you can make it a bit more elastic. This movie, I think it's unappreciated, Bartek, because they don't use the bubble suit as much as you would think they would use a bubble mm-hmm. suit in a movie called Bubble Boy. And I think that's why the audience turned their I, I guess they at least use it a little more than they use, like, the Thunderpants, as you said in that In Thunderpants, Like, the yeah. Thunderpants one specifically. Hey, in Thunderpants, he fuels a rocket with those pants. I haven't seen Thunderpants. You should live. I should live. <laughs> I know, I haven't lived. Get alive. It's got a. It's got that... A very similar style in terms of, like, the bizarre world that the characters live in. Right. That's the comparison I'd make between yeah. these two movies. Mm. Now, I, what I like about a movie like this is, like you just said, the world. Yes. I'd want to live in this world. This is, yeah, this is a very specific world. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to at least visit it, for sure. I'd, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I'd like to visit it. I don't know if I'd want to live there, but I'd visit Why? It. What's wrong with living in a world where they actually demean freaks, have people so pathetic that they're in a genital-removing cult, and where a world where your parents lie to you for your entire life, and pretty much... That actually just sounds like the real world, what you just described. Yeah, like, I, I, you know, I like everything's the real world. The real world. That's true. Oh my god, it's Todd. So, Zorab, you know, with with this type of film that we've got here, yes, the wacky kind of comedy, yes. If I pitched to you mm-hmm. this film, and you're not obviously, you're, this is a world where you're the producing yes. figures, would you have wanted to make it? If I'm being honest, probably not. Why is that? Because I feel like this is the kind of film where you need to see it to see that it works. Mm. Mm. In Like, if you told someone this idea, they'd be like, I don't think that'd work. I think that'd yeah. be really bad. But then when you see it, it, it really does come together. I imagine that's the exact thing what happened with the studio. The studio were like, the, the guy's like, I want to make a movie about the boy in the bubble. Yeah. And he goes on a road trip movie. And then the guy's like, eh. I don't see that working. What about Danny Trejo as a biker? In it? <laughs> I'm intrigued. Tell I'm me intrigued. More. Tell me more. And he's just like, get this. We'll also make it live action. Oh, even better. Yeah. yeah. Even better. Yeah. You know, not to go too into detail of what we were talking about, but before we did this episode, we were kind of talking about how comedy is treated in certain places. Like, yeah. How, uh, you know, with more dramatic films or uh, things that you can make, um, you can more easily see, like, what someone's trying to do, but whereas with comedies, you have to get it right, and some people might not have faith in um, a person who wants to do a comedy because, like, oh, well, there's no guarantee that you'll get it right, and therefore it might fail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess when it comes to pitching comedies, that's, like, a really hard thing to do, and I can see why Saurabh would have you know, kind of not agreed with it had he been a producer. It's also because Saurabh's a sourpuss, you know? It's he doesn't true. like have fun. This is true. One thing I always say about Saurabh to all my friends is, one, he looks like Vince Colosimo, and two, he doesn't like having fun. Uh, you know? <laughs> but is that actually Saurabh or is that him method acting? Uh, he's method acting as Vince Colosimo, as not Vince having Colosimo. fun. It's true. I am. 
I am. Vince Colosimo likes to have fun. He does crack. He does, but this is I, I've, made, <laughs> I've made this character my own now, and my do Vince do? Colosimo doesn't do doesn't like to have fun. Does does he does does he do crack? Yeah, he well, does. But fun? He does he does, but he gets really depressed. Whereas the real Vince Colosimo has a lot of fun with it. <laughs> Woo! My Vince Colosimo gonna... does crack and then just gets really depressed. <laughs> Can we also talk about how it in this scene yeah. when? When this old guy, I can't remember his Pappy. name. Pappy. Pappy, thank you. And his brother's Pippi. His bubby, yeah, exactly. He's talking about his his girlfriend or his, his ex, Fion- yeah, fiance, yeah. whatever she was. Poon. Yeah, but, but so they, they, they bleep out the tang, yeah. not the poon. Isn't that kind of like bleeping out the mother instead of the fucker in motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, and then Do you they, know what I mean? And then they're fine saying Poonani. They, yeah, they say Poonani, that's fine. <laughs> they're fine having the, the racist cliches of a Mexican biker and an Indian guy who has a curry truck. That's all uh, fine, but yeah. you can't say Poon. Like, no, because I this is a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal as a poor innocent child. Right, okay. I, I guess okay. rather than... Maybe they weren't going for a censorship thing. They just thought it'd be really They just thought funny. it'd be funny. If like every yeah. time this guy every happens time, to yeah, say maybe, tang, yeah, maybe. his car or something just makes a noise. Maybe, yeah. I like when they say it and there's no car. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every every time it happens, I always get a bit worried because I thought like his bubble burst or something. Like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I, like... I love that you were that invested. You heard the loud pop and you're like, oh my God, did his bubble burst? I really would have liked for the end to make sense over to no no a recurring gag in the background that you just see dead pappy driving his car in the background and things so that way when he turns up at the end you're like oh okay because this scene here ends with like bubble boy being launched out of the car and he just keeps driving i would have liked it every now and then cut to like him in a public location like smashing into things and his dead body's like mm, and his car's still going yeah exactly and the same with the plane and then that could have connected to 9-11 and uh, it would have been tasteful you know it would have been, ta- been tasteful so Pappy hit the bottom part while the planes hit the top part yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it was too much was it this movie or another movie that Roger Ebert had a big problem with because it came out in 2001 and he was like 9-11 happened we shouldn't be making jokes I, in uh, general did he really say that? That's so I didn't funny. look it up for this this story. is one of my favourite <laughs> scenes this chick behind the counter she's one of my favourite director's wife is she really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Director wife cameo. And oh, she's in the great CSI Miami. Is this... Oh, love it. Is this the New York? Uh, yeah, New York yeah, moment? yeah. Yellow. I loved how he also looks like Billy Idol, but with uh, reddish hair. <laughs> yeah, he keeps changing his appearance. <laughs> it's because he... Because years have passed since the you first know what time I love? we saw him. So. For some reason, no matter what year it is, he's in the wrong era. Or, <laughs> or is this movie actually set in the 80s? Because she has the Reagan photos, but that was when he was a child. And he's now Wasn't finishing. That yeah, that's true. Huh? Wasn't that Nixon? No, it was both. It was Reagan and Nixon. It was Reagan Nixon. and Nixon. And then there was Nixon. another one next to Reagan as well. I can't remember who it was, though. Uh, who knows? But then years have passed since he was a child, obviously. So is this set in the modern day? But why has everyone still got this kind of weird 80s aesthetic? Like him, Mark, being Billy Idol here? Do you know what the real message It's It's that this is just, it's just timeless. You got timeless. it, and they still watch Land of the Lost, which yeah, was so it's, popular with the just, people in the 90s. It's just timeless, that's all it is. Bartek, like, when you grew up timeless. watching Land of the Lost, did did you excuse the effects for being on purpose? Because apparently Bubble Boy's directors <laughs> excused the effects in this movie not being very good, as in a reference to Land of the Lost. Yes, he put in Land of the Lost specifically to say, hey, you don't need to have good effects to be good. <laughs> Even though exactly. I didn't walk out of this movie thinking about, mm, yeah, effects. effects Me, yeah. Same here. I, I walked know. out of this movie saying, yeah, Jake John Howard like, in a bubble. 
Are my kinks satisfied now? <laughs> like, what exactly? What exactly? You know, there's someone who is like that. There would be. There would definitely be. They're like, like mm, Jake in a bubble. Like, I want to be in that erection. bubble. I want to be in that bubble. Jake's mm. erection in a bubble. Mm. Yeah. So what exactly were they talking about? The effects, like the the freak makeup or something? No, yeah. when he launches effects? into the air. Yeah. When he's like falling at the very start with the bubble boy, like yeah. at the end of this movie, yeah. when he falls into yeah, the wedding, yeah. that kind of effects, because that's obviously green screen effects of him falling. Uh, okay. Okay. Well. Those are so kind of brief. I, I, I'm, not the exactly. di- I'm not the director making excuses here. He's gone on to direct nothing else, basically. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I also love that his father doesn't say anything. That's an effect. Until the very end. I guess um, one thing that I would ask is... Um, you may ask. The, uh, two things, kind of. Oh, um, it's two-parter. In, in, um, in terms of expectations. So we had the father here who wasn't saying anything. Mm. When I was watching it, I kind of had this idea in my head of maybe they're leading up to a moment where he says something and it's going to be meaningful. Did you guys have that? Well, I mean, well, Brian, you've seen I grew it, up but... with it, so... I, mean... I, I, I did. I did. It and was like, when he it... speaks, it's going to be good. And did it lead up to where you wanted it to? It did, yeah. I, 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 I was happy. It. I liked the moment when he spoke. I was happy that it was like a kind of heartfelt And moment. I liked yeah. it. Me as a, uh, someone who's viewed this several times, my girlfriend was really confused of when the dad interacted with anyone else he was in his own world like he's laughing me like yeah. oh, come in come in and yeah, then when the son <laughs> escaped he heard it and smiled yeah and, I noticed that and it time. makes yeah. it more poignant of his character he's always been on Jake John Hall's side because he had an offhand narration being like and I, had, I loved hung out with, with my, my dad, dad. Yeah. and then the mum would be domineering and yeah, like yeah the bike when he was riding yeah, the bike yeah. that, yeah. that moment yeah. right there was like oh he's, he's different and the dad's yeah. always trying to push I've always wondered in this movie why the dad still goes along with trapping his own son in a bubble. Like, you know what I mean? For allowing it to be like, I I often wonder about that, you know, mm. still, but I love that John Lynch, John Carroll Lynch, this is a true trivia fact. Mm. He's bold. Yes. He demanded that they, you, they get him an expensive wig. This is true. Really? An expensive wig. Because it would be essential to his character. So they got him an expensive wig, which this is. Right. The one, the comb over. And the wig? director... Yeah. And the director said, thank God we got it because it does add so much to his character. <laughs> That's a wig? <laughs> well, see the part of his hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his hair, it's... but the comb over part is not is his it, hair. It's like an extension that they've... Clipped. Yeah. Wow. It's expensive. That's so funny. I That's guess actually so funny. I guess without really realizing it because we don't know yet about the whole twist with um Slim, uh Danny Trejo is that um thanks for which I called by the way from was... the, as soon as I as soon as we <laughs> See, met I didn't him, call that, I was like but... I was like I know who that is straight away. <laughs> well no, was... she's a redhead. Yeah, exa- well that but also, oh, I just, yeah, that I is just, a good point. I was like, it's that kind of movie. It's that's definitely gonna happen. Well, for all the non Sorabs, um... <laughs> <laughs> which is only a few of us, there's only in a the few world. of us. I am every yeah. Um, so we, without necessarily realizing it, he was kind of characterizing the father here by saying that, like, oh, he needed to you know buckle down and get a job. So I guess mm. he would be this kind of submissive character. Yeah. Which I guess that would be why he'd be going along with it. Yeah. And, you know, what I like about John Carroll Lynch's performance in this, in comparison to, say, the mum, she's so over the top. It's so nice that he does have such a small, genuine moment here. Yeah. Within another movie where you know this is going to happen, he could be like, 
Uncle Ben and give a speech. And yeah, like, exactly. And be like, this is my time to act. But That's since exactly he plays right. it so understated, it makes it more genuine. Like, when he looks in that mirror, he's not even looking in the mirror. You just see him reflecting in the mirror. Yeah. And he's just looking out nowhere, and he just takes his time yeah. and goes, was it fun? You just go, damn right. This is yeah. perfect. The way he said it as well, when he says, like... Um, I can't remember the exact metaphor he uses, but it's like it's like be, it'd be like you know coming all this way, going all the way to the moon, but not but not the yeah, step. but not taking the first step. Yeah, yeah. it's just like it, it's it, and then and then he just unlocks the door. It's like I, I, it's really good. And you can tell from what's not said, but you can tell from his performance that he's a guy who never took that step on the moon exactly you know and he's making sure his son doesn't get that taken away and the cherry on top of the whole cake here is that um for as well as he did in this role it was almost a character who was cut from the whole movie yeah is that true yeah because they're like well make him not speak and then it's like well what's the point let's just not have him in there all together and he's like so many good actors were like going for the role and they're like i guess we should now sorab's a professional (laughs) he wrote notes I did write notes. Are there any sure. particular highlighting notes that you want to share with us all? Let me, let me, let me. Look let him have a look. Oh, and here it is. Wildfire. And I like. Oh, this is what I have written for this moment. I knew it! Exclamation mark. I fucking knew his mum was wildfire. <laughs> double exclamation mark. <laughs> That's what I wrote down for this moment. Well, there's the evidence. Uh, yeah, I have, I have other notes, but I will wait until we get to the moments that they are at. And now here we have Pippi. Pappy. No, it's Pippi. Oh, it's Pippi? Pappy was the other one. Pappy was the other one. Sorry. I know my bubble boy. You know your bubble also, boy. Also, I know that he's over 100 years old because this incident took place 86 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, they were old enough to have sexual feelings towards a woman. No, I don't I don't know if you ever grow out of that, do you? Oh, you must have had it when he was four years old. That's, That's yeah, what I meant. Like, yeah, it, right. it must yeah, have yeah, happened yeah, when yeah, he was yeah, like yeah, in his yeah, teens yeah. or 20s. Yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't call the wildfire twist, but I kind of called... The um, Pippi Pappy twist. <laughs> that obviously, Ryan. But no, I'm talking about the fact that he actually does have immunities. Oh, well, I oh, actually okay. convinced my girlfriend last night that he opens up his suit and dies. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought when, when, when it looks like he's about to die, I was like, wow, this movie's going to go in a really different direction right now. Dark is the way to go with comedies. Yeah. My favorite type I would have still loved it. I would have still thought it was My favorite great. type of comedy is when it suddenly goes dark for no reason. I love that. I love like, that my, so one of my favorite comedies is Showgirls by Paul Verhoeven, <laughs> in which it's just, like, you know, being very vapid and self-aggrandizing and silly, and then out of nowhere, an intense rape scene happens, yeah, and true. it's kind of the funniest it's, thing in the entire cinema. Is, is, Showgirl, is Showgirls that, that movie that has that terrible sex scene in the in the pool? I think so, Where yeah. the guy like walks through the waterfall yeah. and he looks like a zombie. He just walks through his hands I'm out. pretty sure. Yeah. But, you know, this could have gone dark, but it didn't, Bartek. Mm. And are you thankful? I am. Because it just made it a joy all the way through but did rather you, than most of the But did you guess when he got his immunities? Um, well, I mean, he would, he mentioned that he was let out of the hospital when he was four, so I thought something might have been up with that, like, oh, maybe, I didn't predict that the mother was... In on it? Paranoid, 
I just predicted that maybe she might not have fully understood because she was so, you know, in her uh, own universe. You thought of her as a more saintly figure than a manipulative bitch that yeah, she was which clearly showing throughout the movie. He is really quick to forgive, by the way. Well, if I just kissed the girl of my dreams in my underpants in a wedding, I would be more forgiving of my mum. That's probably a, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. See special effects here, but <laughs> I know I, I really think they're that bad. It's not that bad. I really thought that he was underwater. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. So guys, the movie's called Bubble Boy. He was just surrounded by bubbles. Could I love? Something? I love. They were like, they were like, is he douchey enough? No, no, no. Make him fist bump his buddies at the, <laughs> while he's standing at I the do, altar. I like that too. And also make sure he doesn't have like a, a necktie, but yeah, like a make buttoned sure he's, up. He's neck not wearing a collar. regular suit. He's wearing like this really long, like like black church clothes suit. Yeah. And he's so great. I loved Mark in this. I really... Yeah. He's really up there. Like, Bartek, when you're in the end of the film, did yeah. you did you have a favourite individual standout performance? I just said you like Dr. Freak, but... <laughs> yeah, because you assume that I'm a huge Vern Troyer fan. You really <laughs> are. I don't really think of myself as that, because I only know... No one does. Things. No one does. No, no, no Vern one Troyer think, fan. Who's really in the Vern Troyer yeah. fandom? No, exactly. They don't Me. think of themselves as that. <laughs> Not even he does. 100% of the world. Yeah. Everyone loves him as Mini-Me. And the stunt baby in Baby Zaya. So you, you're just covering your ass, Ryan, by saying, oh, Bartek's the fan here. It's like, we're all fans, right? Well, but you're really a fan, because you brought him up several times in other episodes. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Go on. Hit me with your favourite. Favourite character? Um... I kind of like Push Pop. Yeah, I like Push Pop. Push Pop. I like his name. You, I like his name. Well, no, I think it's Danny Trejo. Danny, he's you. I'm a Danny Trejo fan. Because he's you. Yeah. Isn't it great? Also, could... I do really like Chloe. Mm. I do like her. I think she was a great female character. I kind of wish she was, she was just character. in it a bit more. Yeah, she could have been in it a bit more. Yeah, she was in it. But she has that. She 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 played that that um bitch. Like she, she, yeah, but but like that beautiful bitch because she is beautiful in that bitchy role. But then she was also like. She really did like him. They were really good friends. Like that, it it worked. I didn't, uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think at any point that she was, you know, pitying him. Or yeah, or you know I mean? she's not the right girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we've done a movie on this show called Snow Day, in which the main character was in love with a girl who wasn't a bitch, yeah. very nice, genuine girl. But the film gave you just enough realistic reasons of why they're not suited to each other, and not in a hackneyed sort of way. And then this movie. You know, they showed you genuine reasons why they're supposed to be together. And I like that. Also, Monad, she looks like if Heather Graham and Anna Faris had a child. I figured yeah, that. she kind of does. She kind of does. Yeah, we're making a lot of comparisons, but it's been a while since we did this episode, but when we did Band Slam, did we have kind of love, uh, love conversations it. about the two girls in that movie and how they were suited to the main guy? Yeah, and this is where these movies went. Oh, wait, wait, there it is. That's, that's the moment. That's the moment. <laughs> he puts his hand, Fred puts his hand on Mark's shoulder and Mark's just like, fuck off! Yeah. And I loved it because it just showed that that Fred genuinely cares. But also... Which I, is great because in douchey pro relationships, they often show sometimes that they aren't really friends. At the end, at the end, that friend... While Jake Gyllenhaal is hugging um, Chloe, that friend gives him a high five. I know. Yeah, it's amazing. I rewound it because I was like, did I see that right? Oh, I did. Yeah, he gives him a high five. Yeah, I love it. But Bartok, you were, you were saying, sorry. Um, No, I was just asking if we had similar conversations about Bandslam. Yeah. I can't really remember. We did. And I think, you know, that's a great movie magic. When it's done right, you can really tell. And that's why it really perplexes me when a movie like this, a comedy... 
that does do the comedy right that does do the sweetness the the vulgarity all of that right why isn't it in everyone's collection of movies mm. you know why isn't it up there in the great comedy classics like Zooland or like like Starsky and Hutch you know like all of those mm. why isn't it yeah. in everybody's collection Bartek you and I have done this show for a very long time we always try and find reasonings or find some that we go, oh, this is why it's unappreciated. And I made a joke before. I, I make a joke statement that they didn't use the bubble enough. But I actually am coming into this, maybe because I'm clouded by my judgment of having seen the film throughout my childhood. Mm-hmm. I can't figure out why people don't like this. Well, remember when I, when we talked, <laughs> he did high five me. Um, remember when I mentioned that when I walked into this movie, I didn't know that it was going to be, as you said, that kind of movie? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. I think, and a very similar thing with Thunderpants, um, I don't think people just really get what the movie's about, and also they might not have heard of it. Mm. Because, yeah, Thunderpants is a very memorable film, but if you've never heard of it, and you explain the premise to someone, it's like, oh, it's a boy with a fighting problem... They might not, you know, think that that's really worth their time. Like, boy in a bubble and it's... Yeah, also... They just wouldn't get it, maybe. Like Also, this movie really embraces the silliness. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you look at at Zoolander and you look at at Starsky and Hutch, you look at even all those those Adam Sandler movies we were talking about. Mm. They're silly because of his outlook on the world, whereas this is silly because the world that they're in Mm. is silly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and so it really does so, embrace the silliness, which might it, that could be a reason people don't appreciate it. Question: Does Doctor Freak get his freaks back now? He's yeah, but cheer- they get along now. Oh, that makes sense. Also, all the three? ways the movie, all the movies, the way the way the movie was going to end, I never would have thought that the three of these guys would ride off on a mur- motorcycle in some in sort a, of weird threesome, three-way yeah. relationship. Yeah, I never would have uh, guessed that. What I've heard from you guys just now, what I had about why the movie didn't succeed was. Bartek talking about like people may not understand it and, and you're being like and it embraces silliness it's a mixture of it's so smart and silly at the same time at the same and time and unpredictable yeah. um, one question one thing I really liked about the end here great kiss amazing uh, <laughs> I know. not awkward at all no no the vulture returned I was very happy about that because we did a movie good. called uh I'll be home for Christmas in which the main character is chased by a vulture only for one section of the movie and I thought, oh man, they should bring it back. Well, you say chase, but they were actually like walking side by side, like really getting along. And this is one where I liked it. But I liked Danny Trejo. It makes sense. I I said this last night to my girlfriend after watching it. The three-way relationship. You don't see that coming, but you know what? It makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because out of all of them, it makes sense for her because she was obviously wild at one point, wildfire. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. she went super Christian, and, and then you know mm-hmm. she can fall back in that way. It doesn't make sense for his dad as much. No, I think it does because, like you were so. saying, like you were saying, he never took that that that, that step, that on, step the moon. on the moon. Sir. So he his never, step on the moon he, yeah. is polygamy. Great. And, and also, <laughs> yeah. And, and remember yeah. what I said? We unknowingly got some char- well, unless you saw Ab, we unknowingly got some characterization of him <laughs> when. <laughs> Because he called it. So he called it. Yeah, I did call it. Um, Classics, all right. When thank you, thank you. Uh, Slim described him as uh, you know a kind of buckle down, get a job kind of guy, and mm. obviously he wasn't the happiest in this film. Mm. He, yeah. he wanted to have a bit more of a wild side, and not only does he get that at the end, he's the one you know 
at the front. At the front. Yeah, exactly. Well, I really liked my one. I really sympathized with was Danny Trejo. It makes sense because at first he hated this guy, had no respect for him. But the thing that Danny Trejo slim showed throughout the whole movie is, he, even though he's a tough guy, he can see through. Uh, the, the, that first, you know, expectation of you have first of someone, impression. first yeah. impression, and see through to the real person. And I think that his encounters now with this dad, he would see through to the fact that he's actually a good guy, and a great guy, because he's all about respect and all that kind of stuff. And I think he sees in the father the respect. So it makes sense that he would be in this three relationship with a guy that he used to hate. But now he doesn't because he sees that he's actually a genuinely mm-hmm. great individual yeah. who's raised a great son. Yeah. He, his, his also, art, he, has, he, likes, he likes his son. He likes, yeah, exactly. Uh, his he arc, wants a four-way relationship yeah, right, with yeah, the son. Exactly. His arc isn't that he finally gets to take the stab. Yeah. It's that he kind of gets over those feelings. Yeah. yeah. So we are now going to... The movie's over. Thanks, Chicken Man. Um, the movie's... And Flipper Boy. And Little Zip, played by Beetlejuice. So... And all the Todds. <laughs> and all the Todds. Um, and all the I love that they're all listed individually as Todd. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't say like Todds and Lorraines. It's individually. Oh, yeah. you got to yeah. give them slack. you got to give them individually. That's, a, that's actually pretty funny. Indian <laughs> boy. Funny. Thanks. Indian. Uh, Red Hot, my favorite. Uh, working girl. She really worked hard. Yeah. So we're going to now do our reviews and ratings of our choice because this film is over now and it is sad it's over I skipped to the end of the credits to see if there's anything after because this is a prime example of what that would be one like of him still there with the cow Oh, like, that would have been that great. Been no, great. I mean, he was at the wedding. Though. I know, he was but, at the wedding. No, no, but everyone, him, every him single... in the wedding clothes, in with the gals. I love that the only people they invited to the wedding were the people from the movie. Like there were no <laughs> other extras there. It was just all the people he ran into on his. I like the trip. fact that he invited people that he had also not met, like Fabio. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Fabio was at the wedding. <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna go. Well, also, no, also, boy. Yeah. also with no explanation. The the cult people are just following push pop, yeah. and they're all yeah, wearing turbans with no explanation. And they're also in brown face. In br- <laughs> well, you gotta wait for the spin off film where it gets the spin off where we get where we get that explained. So yeah. I'm gonna go like this. I'm gonna we're gonna do our reviews, and then Sorab, you can read us some of your notes, and then we notes. can uh, get some of the reviews in YouTube comments. So I'm gonna go first. Childhood classic of mine. That's the name of my review. Uh, ten. Uh, you know this film is. From the early 2000s, which is bewildering to think was so long ago. And the movie speaks volumes about what that time was like. This was a time in which comedy was not afraid to be both sincere and disturbing. Because it is a disturbing concept on a level. They're taking a true story about a boy who was in a bubble, and that story did not end very well, my I heard. And they're making a comedic spin on it, and they're not afraid of provoking the audience with racial humour, with inappropriate gags, sexual content, all that. But it's also appropriate for children at the same time. It is like Austin Powers in that regard, where Austin Powers was very gross, very sexual, but kids loved it at the same time because they didn't get those adult gags, and that's the perfect blend. Dweezil Zappa is in this as the guitar consultant. I'm very happy. I didn't realize that until now. I just wanted to comment on it, you know. And then, and this is a movie that gets talent, talent together, and really uses that talent to the best of its abilities. You have Danny Trejo, 
you you have Swoozie Kurtz, you have Jake Gyllenhaal, and these are all legendary performers, great actors, great comedic comedic performances all around. This is a favorite of mine from my childhood. It is what I want comedies to go back to. If I have to give this a rating, if I had to give it a rating, I would give it one Vern Troyer out of out of one normal sized human. <laughs> I like your rating system. So hold on, the two of you watched the same legal copy, right? Yes, of course. Yes. And it cut out in the middle of the credits. Sure. I I, I stopped after. Why? I so didn't, I, I I didn't think there why? was a, a post credit scene, was so there, I just I stopped it. So me who wrong. watched a copy that did have the full credits. Did it have a post credit scene? Not scene, but it played. <laughs> There was some dialogue at the end, but it felt like there were just random... Was there, wait, was there really? Yeah, there was... I think they, like, took random lines from the movie and just played them at the end, because for mm. some reason, I think some of the freaks and Vern Troyer were saying some things at the end, but it, uh, like, wasn't really that coherent. That's really strange. Well... So if you guys could track down a copy that has the full well, credits... Well, yeah, that would be check great. That out like, so, Rap, yes. hit us with your review and a rating of your choice. Um, my review of this movie would be... It's really a, a coming-of-age tale. Mm. It really yeah. is. Because he is so regressed and so, so, you know, sheltered, literally trapped in that house. He can't go anywhere. Mm. And he, he has every experience that a human... Like, he, he sort of plays catch-up yeah. as the movie goes on. He's got to... I don't know how old he would be. What, probably about, what, 20 when the movie, because like, it's like the end yeah. of high school and then it's yep. a couple of years. Yeah. Be about 20, 21, let's say. Yeah. A bit younger you know? than us. Yeah. yeah, a bit younger than us. And so he's he, he, he has all of these experiences as he goes on mm. and, and sort of plays catch up and, 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 you know, he has his first ice cream uh-huh. and, and, you know, he makes a really good friend in Danny Trejo and he goes to a casino. He, he, he mud wrestles with two chicks and bikinis yeah we didn't even talk about that like that's that's amazing in and of itself you know he has all these experiences and then and then he gets the girl in the end and it really is a feel good coming of age tale and if I had to give it a rating I would give it I would give it three bubble you know, bubble blowers. You know the little things that kids play with? Oh, yeah, those bubbles. But, 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 like, the big ones that you use the wind yeah. to make a big... Oh, yeah. I'd give it three of those. I really thought he was going to say bubble job, and I'm like, is that a weird blow job that you can only get when you're in a bubble suit? <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Bartek? Did you think that when he said kids? <laughs> well, we already established he would fuck a baby, so... Yes. Oh, it's true. It's true. It's 100% true. Bartek, give us your view and a rating. So I've already compared this film to Blues Brothers, uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas, and Thunderpants, because it has a lot of stylistic narrative things that are similar to them. And, like, I wasn't even comparing them for things like, oh, both have a vulture that yep. appears. Classic vulture. Yeah. That's true. But, yeah. Same vulture. Same vulture, yeah. Even in ways thing. that I was not anticipating, these movies are similar. Yeah. I think that this is one of those films... I genuinely think this this is one of those films that people are just really missing out on for not knowing what it is. But then there's that whole, you know, string of problems there. Like, you might know what it is, but you might 
think that it's not that great. You might know then what it is and that it is a comedy, but then you might think, oh, comedies, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and you might even know the general plot, but then think that's not intriguing. It's just this whole cavalcade of, you just need to watch the film to get it. You can't just yeah. look at the skeleton and say, oh, I think, you know, it's not going to really be for me. There are probably films right now that the three of us haven't seen and maybe have similar, you know, expectations of, and we're missing out on them. And you know what? That's a thing on us. Maybe eventually we'll get around to them and realise that we were the fools. But right now, you can listen to us right now, right now, right now, and know that right now you are being the fool right now. So when are they being the fool? Right now? Right about now? now? About now. Right now. Yeah. Okay. About two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> two seconds before they can see it. Yeah. Look... <laughs> So, you know, we, we're in, the three of us right now, we're in a state where we might be missing out on something. And right now you are in a state where you're missing out on something, but you have the advantage of knowing what it is you are missing out on. Yeah. We're still in the dark. We still have to find our light. But we are being torches or flashlights, depending on where you're from, for you right now. You should see this film. You should see what is so great about it. The three films that I listed before, you know, Thunderpants and I'll Be Home for Christmas, those are also unappreciated masterpieces that you might not be aware of and you should check them out. But Blues Brothers, that's an appreciated film. That is, that if you is haven't seen that one, you just haven't really been listening to anyone you who has should, seen it. You should watch it. Not right now, but like after right now. As soon as this is over. Soon after go, right now. Soon after right now. Blues Brothers. Yeah, right. Like, and never watch Blues Brothers right now. Okay. Yeah, watch it. Watch it just after right now. Like, watch it after right now has happened. Why do you guys keep saying right now? That's weird. <laughs> but I <don't> keep going. <laughs> so look, if you see Blues Brothers, you you'll walk out of it thinking that was that was different from a lot of films. You know, there was this kind of like journey. There was this kind of people following them. That's what this film is. It's 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 a guy going on a journey. People are following him. Doesn't have musical sequences though. That would have been pretty great. Although there was that one where they were singing, uh, "Bright and shiny." This film, which was my favorite musical sequence. <laughs> I know. Did it win an Oscar for best original song? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Take that, La La Land. <laughs> Take that, indeed. Um, don't, don't, we can't oh, afford okay, copyright okay. of that. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I imagine, yeah, I imagine Ryan Gosling sitting down right now he's listening, listening to, to our this. podcast going, that fucking saw around. God damn it, he sang my song. <laughs> but he's Canadian, so he's too yeah. nice to say fuck. <laughs> like, I mean, that freaking saw around. What else is there to say that hasn't already been said? It's a fantastic film. If you're, if you're kind of tired of political incorrectness in films as it is now, where it's kind of like, for the sake of being it, like, oh, nothing else is doing it, I'll do it. Mm. This is a film that does it and really owns it. It's really enjoyable, it's really funny, and I've already said it, I recommend it, we recommend it, you should watch it. Mm. It'll light up the path to enlightenment for you. It itself would be a form of enlightenment. It will change your life. And uh, this isn't a cult thing. This is like a genuine thing. It's an experience. It's a film. What's your rating? You don't have to commit to anything to watch it. You just have to watch it and... But you, you, do, your, you have to do rating? watch it right now. Yeah, what's your what's rating? Your rating? All right. Views done. Going to give it a rating. How many Twin Towers do you give it? <laughs> the rating is $500 worth of damage on the Twin Towers. Yes, wow. that's like minimal damage. Wow. Yeah, I know. So people yeah. will still live to be able to watch the film. So, Rob, yes. can you give yes. us some of your amazing notes? Do you my, have notes, any my notes are just, are just like little things that Mine popped are, into my too. head while, while like, I just, for example, the opening of the movie, the first thing I wrote down is 
this song, could this movie be any more early 2000s? Yeah, I wrote Smash Mouth a couple right, of times. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote down that the woman in the nun costume, um, this is before I knew that that hat was an actual thing. Yeah, it's, that a, nuns it's an actual thing. I thought she was just shopping at the same place as the bunny from Donnie Darko. <laughs> I thought that was like a Halloween <laughs> costume gone wrong. Um, I also loved, I loved that Rapunzel left her plastic bubble and died. <laughs> yeah. And all the stories that she was telling him uh, were, yeah. and then he left his plastic bubble and died. Yeah. And then had sex with the whore next door and died. Yeah. The, and also touched the whore next door. She's a good mother. She's just a really good we mother. We knew that Pinocchio didn't have immunities. We'll keep that. Yeah. I kind of freaked out when I saw Zach Galifianakis. I did too. I was not expecting him to be in this movie. And he was so young. Yeah, and I was like, he was. is that him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had a, I had a skeptical you second know why? where I was like, You know why? Because his no, beard wasn't as full. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He, he grew out his beard as he grew older. Also, also, and I forgot about this. Okay, so this movie, did you know that this movie references Treasure of the Sierra Madre? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Danny Trejo says... Patches, I could use some stinking patches. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, it rest it references tra- and I, I thought that was hilarious. because all the kids really want that reference. Yeah, exactly. Because you know who wouldn't understand? I love Humphrey Bogart. Well, even UHF also, referenced it. <laughs> this is this is a note that I have written down on my phone. It just says Fabio, and then there's three question marks after it. That's what I wrote. <laughs> why down. is that a question? I don't know why it's a question. Like it Fabio? should be more like Fabio. Yeah, like, right. Like, it should have been. Should it be like been. more with a head nod implied. Yeah. Also, when he's at the at the metal concert in Vegas and he starts getting like like crowd surfing, <laughs> and, but he's like in the bubble. I was like, and they just pick him up. I was like, that's I would that's do that. pretty amazing. Yeah, but like like he's a giant bubble. That's really hard to get over. Don't your head. be like, don't discriminate. If several people can lift him up, his weight would be less because he's in a bubble. That's the, okay. Yeah, that's sure. how geography works. Anti gravity in the bubble. Oh, yeah. that's why bubbles float. That's why bubble. Yeah, that's they why bubbles float. float. Um, I also read is Minnie Me complaining about complaining about being called Minnie. That was Minnie also something in the hilarious. trivia. It's like yeah. he's Minnie Me. Minnie Me. He played Minnie Me. Minnie Me, and his name was yeah. Oh, what a hero! Um, yeah, and I, I I just wrote down I love that he invited the crazy cult people who were trying to kill him to the wedding. Sorab, professional great. as always, bringing notes. I mean, he, did, he's... Well, did he invite them away just working for the catering? Yeah, they, no, that's true. Yeah, maybe he hired Push Pop to do the catering. <laughs> And they just showed up. Yeah, that's what would have happened. So, guys, we have I have reviews from IMDb, and Bartek has some comments from YouTube. Now, a lot of these reviews from IMDb, I can speak of most of the time, come from a parallel universe in which this movie was the best film of any movie of that year, let alone any movie created. Well, in our universe, that's not the case. We think they're great, but not everyone else. I have a 10-star review here for you, Bartek, from 2001, so fresh. 10 stars. It's the wait for a decent summer movie is over. Yeah. A few months ago, I had the opportunity to see Bubble Boy at one of those free screenings where they ask you to rate and analyze it, (laughs) and then they put, like, the actual at symbol. (laughs) So this was 2001, so that that was progressive. Um, At Thousand Oaks Jane's Marketplace... CA. So just in case you want to know. California? Or could be Canada. Hmm. It was a rough cut at the time, but it was enough to convince me now that it could be one of the best movies of the summer. Let me explain. You see, at the beginning, they wrote beginning with several Gs. Cool. (laughs) Of the season, I was hyped for the big stuff. AI, Jurassic Park 3... 
Planet of the Apes. They just wrote apes, so I just made Planet just of the Apes. apes. Okay. Pearl Harbor, American Pie 2. So when I saw this little-known movie called Bubble Boy, I really liked it and moved on. Looking now for the real big name slash budget films, a few months pass. I've seen all the supposed good films, except for American Pie 2. And my final conclusion is that Bubble Boy is better than all of them. It doesn't try to make a huge statement. It doesn't try to razzle slash dazzle the audience. I love that. (laughs) Slash dazzle. And it doesn't try to gross us out even more than recent and current comedies. It simply focuses on some very likable characters who offer more than just name recognition and crude jokes. The characters are I all have heart. They all have a pos- They are all a positive role. They are all positive role models. Except for Mark. Except for Mark. And they have great chem. And they have great chemistry together. Is it possible that Hollywood has actually put out a decent story with decent values and developed characters? Yes, they have. And Bubble Boy is it. Okay, so the plot is very basic. Boy is born without immunity, lives in a bubble, falls in love with the neighbor girl, journeys across the country and stops her marriage and declares his love for her. I just want to pause that. I just like how he says it's just a very basic plot. Like, just, that is the most absurd it's, plot. It's such an absurd plot. The story works and, and, and sets a perfect framework to learn with him about real world as he influences the lives of some very diverse people. The ending is simply great. I was a little worried how this was going to wrap up, but it did just fine. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal plays the bubble boy and plays him well. He's innocent, thoughtful, and humorously naive with ways of the world. The girl he falls for falls in love with is Marley Shelton, who is very different from the typical Hollywood bimbo. She can actually <laughs> act. And she betrays the love of Jimmy's The Bubble Boy with more than just good looks. I'm not going to undermine how hot she is, because she is, but there is so much more to her character. The mum, played by Susie, Susie, uh, Swoozie Kurtz, also does a great job being the fanatical, protective mother. There are other great supporting characters that all add something to the Bubble Boy's journey. Two of my favourite characters were Pippi and Pappy, brothers who haven't spoken to each other in over 86 years. They just add, mu- they add more subtle humour to all the physical comedy that is plentiful. Bartek, they add more subtle, subtle comedy. Humor. Humor that is plentiful. That's what is truly great about this movie. It has slapstick, the subtle, witty humor, developed characters, and a touching finale. This is one well-rounded bubble, and it deserves to be hit. <laughs> now, Bartek, I would like to hear what YouTube has to say. Now, Bartek, are these comments from the trailer or yeah. just the trailer? Yeah. Okay, hit us from one specific video. The trailer had a lot to offer us. Yeah, just let our listening people know the whole subtle jokes with uh, Pippi and Pappy. With they kept talking about vagina. That's true. That that was the subtle. Oh, jokes. I thought it was that they were played by the same actor. That that was that was no. They were they were brothers, subtle. right? Oh, oh, it was actually two brothers. It was two brothers. It was actually two brothers. Cool. <laughs> he thinks we're only telling the truth. <laughs> First comment, and um, you know, it gets right in there about what they're feeling. Hey, do you read the comment, Ryan? No, I'm just waiting. <laughs> Don't laugh ahead of time. Okay, I won't laugh after the time. <laughs> Don't laugh right, right now. now. Right laugh now. after the right now after that I'm the telling right. you. Okay. Yeah. Because Ryan, the first comment is 
$500 Lamau CX. Lots of negative comments. I actually like this movie, Smiley Face. <laughs> Why are there lots of negative comments? Not, I didn't pick too many of them, though, to be fair. Good. The next comment is, I can see Bubble Boy as a prequel to Nightcrawler. And there was a response to this comment. Yes, that bubble experience made Hin such a damaged human being. And after Chloe leave Hin for another dude, he moved to LA to try get to try get a life than Nightcrawler. I love the <laughs> syntax and grammar of YouTube comments. It's just it's perfect. Yeah. Read us another. Remember when you find out at the end that he's not really allergic to anything, and his parents were just trying. We're just lying to him Spoiler his whole alert. life. No question mark. Response. No, I don't remember that. Response. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have an eight, I have a seven star review here for you, Sorab, and its title really is a great statement for this film. It's called Perfect Modern Day Farce. Wow. Yeah. From two thousand and five. So yeah. Perfect. 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 But seven out of ten stars. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. But seventy percent. From two thousand five. <clears throat> well, it's modern. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. I admit it. I was a child of the 80s. I distinctly remember sitting in elementary school and reading about the boy who lived in a bubble in my weekly reader. Naturally, when I saw the trailer for this movie, I asked myself, hey, what have happened to that boy that lived in the bubble? I knew I had to watch this to satisfy my curiosity. You've got the perfect character, an odd teenage boy that lives in a bubble. Write up an adventurous plot and throw in a cameo by Fabio and some MC Hammer on the soundtrack and you've got yourself a movie that no Gen Xer can resist. I was fully expecting this film to be along the lines of Wayne's World or A Night at the Roxbury, but the, but the characters are hilarious and exaggerated, but the non-existent plot drags on uh, like a 10-minute skit that has gone around 80 minutes too long. To my surprise, Bubble Boy has a fast-moving plot. Okay! It is somewhat of an overused plot. Boy falls in love with a girl. Girl gets engaged to someone else. Boy interrupts the wedding to get the girl back. You've watched enough movies like this to know how it is going to end. But as always, it's the journey that Bubble Boy takes to get there that makes this movie interesting and redeeming. Just when you think that Jimmy is finally on his way to Niagara Falls and the movie is going is going to start dragging, BAM! The ice cream, ice cream truck hits a cow! After mud wrestling two women while Japanese male spectators cheer on, Jimmy is back on his way. Just when you think it can't get any more crazy, it does. That bubble plastic might be some tough stuff. There is an important lesson that can be learned from this movie. It is best expressed by Jimmy's dad, who's really the only normal character and only one and only speaks once in the entire movie. He asks, "What if Neil Armstrong flew to the moon but never stepped foot on it?" This movie is about taking chances. Breaking out of our so-called bubbles and experiencing life. Not just sitting around watching it pass us by. The dialogue and the jokes can be lame sometimes, but the humour... 
really comes from the absurdity of the characters and the improbable situations the main character runs into. I have to give the writers an A plus for imagination. The movie is sanitized for young viewers, but gives a wink and a nod to more mature viewers. This is a perfect modern day farce if you're looking for a light and uplifting comedy at the rental store. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, in case you wondered, the original Bubble Boy David died at the age of 13 back in 1984 after an unsuccessful bone marrow transplant. Today, infants born without immunity to disease undergo the transplant procedure at a young age so they don't have to live the rest of their lives in a bubble. That's just an interesting fact for you there, Bartek. That would have been a very different ending to the movie. Yeah, yeah. Bartek? Give us some YouTube. So YouTube is a beautiful place, is it, it really not? Is. The way that you describe the reviews on IMDb is that they come from another dimension where the yeah. movie is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, the YouTube comments are more like real people. Great. You know, they're not the huge, uh, well-paid reviewers or anything like that. They're just people with genuine, you know, outlooks on these films, and that's why sometimes they might seem a little funny because. They're not being doled up or anything. They're just being pure, like you said with the syntax. Thing. Mm. You being Sorab, just to let everyone know. No, you being everyone. You people. What do you mean, you people? Well, this comment here is, if this is the right movie, it is actually a very serious case and a rare one. It's not really funny, based on a true story. Okay. Which this person truly believes. They're a real person. Yeah. Next comment is, I watched this movie about a year ago, and I still have a voice in my head saying, You must watch Bubble Boy again! <laughs> there are six exclamation marks in all caps. Why? <laughs> well, Ryan, you watched it 40, 30 times. Oh, uh, I'm so... an idiot, I should know. Yeah. <laughs> that comment was probably you. Well, no, you said a year ago, so, so, it, wasn't so it wasn't you. It's cool. oh, okay. I remember seeing this trailer and I thought it was completely stupid and I put myself through watching Pauly Shaw movies. Also remember this being on TV and I still couldn't bring myself to watch it. But for Hall, I may watch it now. Uh, I may just watch it now. Well, Bartek, I've got a 10 star review here. Now, people really liked Bubble Boy. Yeah. This one's called Lighten Up and it's in regards to people who didn't like Bubble sure. Boy. From oh, Lighten, 2000, up. Lighten Up, Bartek. I think most of the people who have rated this movie take it way too seriously. It's not a serious movie, guys. It's not putting anything down. It's just poking fun. It's pretty much a live-action satirical cartoon. It's one of those movies that if you don't just go along with it, well, you're not with it. I love that this movie isn't so concerned with being so politically correct. It's one of the few movies I've seen that will actually do that. I think you should stop trying to be righteous all the time and just let yourself laugh. Maybe you might be offending someone, but who cares? It seems like everybody today is so easily offended. I bet someone I bet some people are getting pretty hacked off at me right now, but I can state my opinions. It's a free country. People should start taking the advantage of the fact that they have the freedom of speech and won't be punished for what they say or for what you say, except if it's against the president, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> this is written in 2004. So, it's so applicable. So this today. was after Bush said you're either with yeah. us or against us. But that but that's another story. I love this movie. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
It always makes me laugh, no matter how depressed I am. And, ah, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is so sweet in it, and so nice, and so innocent. His mother is hilarious. She can go from really dramatic to really funny in an instant. If you haven't seen this movie, see it. If you've seen this movie and love it, go see it again. If you've seen this movie and think it's an immature load of crap, well... Go find yourself some so-called mature comedy. <laughs> and Martek, I have one here that's obviously written by a woman. But I've often wondered if we have, we've done these reviews that you could tell that they're written by some teenage girl. But I've often wondered what if, if it's actually a 35-year-old man. So when I read this, can you please interpret it as a 35-year-old man wrote this? Okay, it's called, it. it's eight stars. It's called So Cute. It contains spoilers, might add. So also, just... also, for all those people who can't see the title, so is written with, like, ten O's. <laughs> so cute! Well, it's obviously a 34-year-old man. Eight stars. Clearly. Now, may contain spoiler, guys. Okay. This movie was so unbelievably cute. Jake really did play the wide-eyed, innocent guy with boyish looks and such optimistic outlook. My favorite lines. Chloe. Mark and I have been dating on and off for a while now, and, well, he's asked me, he's asked me, Jimmy, to go fishing. Ha, <laughs> lol, I especially like this line because in the upcoming film Brokeback Mountain, Jake and Ledger's excuse for going off together is, we was fishing buddies. Ha <laughs> ha, smiley face while winky face. Back to, bu- <laughs> back to bubble boy, Chloe. No, Jimmy. To go to the movies? Chloe, no! Here comes the cutest voice crack ever, Jimmy. To get ma voice crack? Cried! Oh, poor Jimmy! I cried right there! Oh, and then the other great line. I'd rather hold you in my arms for one moment than live my life knowing I never could. Oh, and then no one can forget. $500! I think it's really funny seeing Jimmy slash Jake imitate a Chinese guy. <laughs> Smiley face. Uh, Bata, give us that's, some. That's of how you end a review. Bata, give us some of your final ones because I have one review left. Okay. But yeah, can you imagine a thirty-five-year-old neckbeard guy writing that? And be like, Dude. it's always so easy to see like this teenage girl like. Cha, cha, la, 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 la. So I've got five comments left. How many do you want? Hit us all. All of them? All of them. Sorab, <laughs> can you can you handle five? I think I can do it. I mean, He's of... a strong guy. He looks like know. Vince Colossum. I mean, two, two of them <laughs> have, you know, time. responses, so it's kind of a little more than five. But do, you mean... want, do you want Sorab to read the responses? No. Oh, fuck you, Sorab. Oh, well, there you go. That's fine. Actually, he can read one of the responses. I'll highlight it. What a hero. I, I feel so involved. You can use your acting skills. I can. It's gonna be you can pretend to be a response. <laughs> First comment. This trailer doesn't do this film justice at all. It makes it look as if the only joke is him being bounced around like a football, and that is a fraction of it. Witty dialogue, lots of interesting characters, and the obligatory biker gang. (laughs) If you like Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Edward Scissorhands, I think you'll like this. I like the obligatory biker gang. Yeah. Alright, this next one, there are two responses to it, and the second one is just a... Boom! Owned! Like, yeah! This movie makes you laugh, 
smile, and cry. And then in brackets it says, if you're me. I rate this movie five stars. I love it. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal, you make this movie truly amazing. And then response. Five stars out of how many? 30, I hope. And the final response where they just own him. Five out of five. (laughs) 100% guys. Five out of five. And this one has a response that I have Sorab read. The initial comment is, a movie that embarrasses everything, everyone, and all those that appeared in it. No wonder it didn't do well at the box office. And the response which Sorab will read is... (laughs) The one I read in blue. Re-reported. <laughs> the re-being response, but yes. Reported. He reported this person. Oscar winner there. And that's why that Saurabh. commenter will never be seen again. Do you know Saurabh? He yes. could have been in uh, He could have been in Moonlight and won the Oscar, I but he, he was too busy doing this, this, type, of pod- this type of podcast. That was it, t- it took him a second because he had to get the emotion had to get, in had there to get to get say He had it. to feel like, what would this reporter guy be about? I had to make a connection to the line. Who is the man? Yeah. What's his feelings? He's a woman, you know? Woman? Should I play it like a feminine? Should I play it like a detective? I don't know. So we've got two more comments, and <laughs> these comments are both inquisitive comments. One is I love Inquisition, question, yeah, especially the Spanish one. The Spanish one was great. <laughs> Does anyone know the name of the song that goes bow wow ba 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 wow wow in the movie? Did anyone reply to that? They did. They just said the answer, and that was it. Oh, well, I'm glad the, someone got that. Someone, I'm glad someone understood that. Yes, they're like, oh, it's obviously the Beach Boys. That wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice? And the last comment, which makes a statement that I don't think we, um, you know, commented upon, upon oh, wow. in the thing, and it's simply, he has weird friends. <laughs> well, but like, I have a final review here. From 2002, it's 10 stars, called Finally, a children's movie with truth in it. <laughs> he has weird friends. That's true. It's honesty. People, and none of this is an uppercase, people claim that all this movie does is bash things. But rather, I think it makes fun of people who are 100% true to their negatively connotated stereotypes. If you were offended by anything in this movie, you're most likely offended at something in yourself. We need more productions which spare no feelings when making a commentary on the true nature of life on this planet today. I think that was one of the movie's main points. It's useless and stupid to try and keep people from reality. The side points are numerous. From the institution that women are more likely to go for men with jobs than not. To nothing... To, <laughs> to noting the frequent practice by Christians to default every other religion as evil, as well as the idea that people get sick of them doing it. Ultimately, if you plan on keeping your child or yourself in a bubble as long as possible, you might as well watch Tribulation or some other piece of crap designed to promote resentment of the truth of humankind. Remember, it wouldn't be a stereotype. If it wasn't true. <laughs> so, I, love, I love how much that person has read into this movie. I love it. I, mean, I think what he's bas- they're basically saying is that when a satire is really just about real life. It's, it's about real life. It's perfect. It's, it's perfect. Well, that's it, ladies, gentlemen, and bubbles. <laughs> You guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening people. Sorab, 
first-time guest, and I hope you will appear in another bubble-related movie. I would love to appear in another bubble-related movie, or another movie in general, but bubble-related no, would be my preference. No, bubble-related I feel like that's be. my specialty. He's the bubble boy. I'm the, I am the bubble boy. Uh, we do the John Travolta bubble boy? Movie? Yeah, it's a TV movie. Do. I'd so, like to see John Travolta bubble boy. Uh, yeah, that's my Travolta. That's your Travolta? <laughs> well yeah. I get every episode where John Travolta's appeared in the movie you weren't here, Ryan. Yeah, well, he's dead to me. So, <laughs> oh, no, you guys, if you want to support us, well, you can find us pretty easily. It's Spit and Polish Presents. There's a Facebook page, a YouTube page. We've got the we're on iTunes. You can, you know, support us by giving us likes or reviews or hey, on Facebook we have a post there that's on the top where you can suggest an unappreciated masterpiece for us to do because hey, we may not have done Bubble Boy. It may not have been my childhood classic and Saw Rab would have not been Saw Rab about the film and then you would have been really sad about that. You guys may have an unappreciated masterpiece that we will never do because we don't know it and that's a problem with unappreciated masterpieces. Even us the experts don't know all of them. It's like I said in my review, we were in the dark, we need to find the light. Bartek said a lot today, and all of it was true, especially that two-part question that he only gave us one part of uh, earlier in the episode. Yeah, it, it was when I was talking about, um, do we predict the dad thing and do we predict the ending? Well, did you guys predict that this is now the end of the episode? Remember to be kind to each other. Ryan, I think I think John Travolta's not gonna be happy with what you said about me just then. Fuck John Travolta. No, don't fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you end an episode. <laughs>